listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome 2021. I am Leo. That's Mario. The heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And this is episode 164. 164. And this is 2021. 164. Yeah. What, what was that, Leo? 164. That's in Italian. Uh, Cesaro way, would understand it. can't see Leo, Cesaro he's not on camera. He's a ghost today. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing my wrestling mask. What up to Scott Rand and everybody? Share the video. Let the people know that we are here. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I just like you want to be fancy Apple Podcast. Tune in to LaMestaApple.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. To Jose, who listens to us in Spain. What's up? Oh, wow. Spain. Yeah. We're here. We made it. We're, we're, we made it to 2021, and this year's already starting off as a shit show. <laughs> this is like back oh in 2001 God. when, like, WCW, like, you know, they were sinking. Like, this is what it feels like. This is like that Monday Night Raw before they got sold. There's so many fucking memes out there, but I think the funniest <laughs> one when it comes to 2021, it's – uh. What did you guys expect? 2021 is turning 21. Like, 2020 is turning 21. <laughs> that motherfucker could drink now. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck that guy. All right, well, Leo, how are you, bro? I'm good, bro. Trying to make it through uh, everything that's going on. Uh, a lot of wrestling stuff. You know, hey, what, we're 10 days in and there's already a lot of wrestling news, or a lot of rumors, a lot there's, of frog yeah. splashes. We, to, we have a lot to cover. Now, before we huh. introduce our rotating third, third the first third. one of 2021, third man, that. Third man. give me a minute, give me a minute. Go ahead. Hashtag is Red Bull time. The Red Bull gimmick, it's not stopping. It's not stopping at all. No. We're still going to continue that. Not at all. All right. Let's introduce our rotating third for mm. the first episode of 2021. He's yeah. the man behind Wrestle Radio. He is also a contributor at the Royal Ramble, and this week he must be happy because the Mets are the oh. talk of the town. What? Our boy, Ryan what? Radar. What? Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> this year has started off like shit in some ways, but amazing in others. And the New York up, Mets Ryan? are one bright spot so far. What's up, Mario? What's up, Leo? I'm honored on? to be the first guest here of 2021. Of course, bro. We planned it out this way because I was like, hell dude. Yeah. When we when we cover Wrestle Kingdom, there's not one there's not another person I want to cover it with besides Ryan. That's it. I, I appreciate that, man. And there's no better person I want to talk with, uh, <laughs> talk New Japan with. So let's go, man. Let's. All right. And, and it's funny. And Wrestle it's funny because I know Mario had his timer on, and he woke up and he watched Wrestle Kingdom while everybody else was sleeping. 
So I was outlet. Let me tell you something. Waking up, I was miserable. But the second yeah. Wrestle Kingdom started, I was fucking happy. <laughs> See, this is yeah, man. Me too, man. I'm the same way. I always have trouble falling asleep. Like when I know I have to wake up for New Japan, I try right. and sleep for at least one or two hours. You know, so I can get some sleep. Same way. I can't stay. I can't. If I just went with no sleep and stayed up all night, I would never make it. So. And I, but I always have trouble falling asleep because I, I just feel like in my mind, I'm like, shit, I got to wake up in like two hours. So I need to sleep now. And I just can't. Yeah. I ended up doing it for like an hour and a half. But yeah, man, it, it was it's always wrong. You but start, I, you I, start I counting down. I want to cover Wrestle Kingdom. But before we Daddy. cover Wrestle Kingdom, I, I do want to talk about one thing. But just really quick, like the first night of Wrestle Kingdom was rough because I feel like I only got like an hour of sleep, maybe two. Yeah. And then the the following night for night two and then for new year's dash i did get some sleep like three or four hours right before the show started so the the the, the following two nights weren't too bad the first night I, oh, I was miserable the next morning like just waking up like after like don't get me wrong i enjoyed the show but just yeah. waking up and going to work i was like oh man i fucked up man <laughs> dude i know and then like you said there's another night of wrestle kingdom plus new year's dash uh, right i was up for it too God, i'm telling you every year we'll get into it deeper but every year they fool me and they trick me into waking up thinking something big's gonna happen. Then I'm like, you know what? I couldn't have just slept and watched it later on. But we'll get into we'll get into that. We'll get into it. But really, um, I, I think it would be it would be awful for us, and it, you know we would it would be wrong for us as you know quote unquote wrestling journalists, I guess if you want to call us uh, call us that. <laughs> um, I think it would be wrong of us of not talking about the passing of Brody Lee. Um, I did record yeah, mm -hmm. a 10 minute uh, audio clip, which if you go back and listen to it, I was just not in the right state of mind. The Brody, I didn't think while I was sad, I did not know that the passing of Brody Lee was going to affect me that much. I kind of kind of compared it to when Eddie passed away, man, I was just, I was fucked up. Like I, I couldn't even talk about, anything else in the wrestling world and i didn't even want to post about anything else in the wrestling world mm -hmm. during those first couple of days um you know uh just learning of the passing of Brody lee and man I, I was really really just depressed i guess um just i can't just kept, i kept thinking about his wife and his two boys and what a terrible news that the wrestling world got to end 2020 um Man, it, it just, you know, I even talk about it now, I'm kind of lost to words, but uh, AEW put on a phenomenal tribute show. Um, all these other wrestling companies, WWE, did have a graphic, and then they put some stuff on a their social graphic. media. Um, a graphic. Impact, That's all a, they could put graphic. up? That's all they could put up? A graphic, bro? A well, graphic? I have my opinion. I have my opinions on that, but uh, yeah, Ryan... I digress. Ryan, talk, uh, talk to me about Brody Lee, man. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, it just hit me like a truck, you know, like, it, it's crazy how somebody's death like this can affect you so much when you don't even know the person, but you feel like you know them because as wrestling fans watching these guys every single week, you know, do what they do, even, you know, for years watching these guys, you become attached to them, you know, and you almost feel like they're like, your family members. And then when you lose them and, and especially something like this, where this rarely happens anymore. I mean, you referenced Eddie Guerrero and that's the only thing I could really compare it to because when was the last time an active member of a roster like this passed away? It had to be Eddie. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I can't think of anybody else on the top of my head and just so tragic. I mean, you, you can mention Chris Benoit, but I think with everything we found out yeah. about Chris Benoit within like 
24 hours to 48 hours, it kind of changed it, changed everyone's perspective on it. So it's kind of looking back at it now. I think people are kind of opening up again to talk about Chris Benoit, but it doesn't hit you the same way when Eddie passed away. No, no. Yeah. Because it's, it's just like, you don't, I don't know if I want to say you don't have sympathy because obviously he died and his family died, but it's just like, you just don't like, you kind of push that to the side because it's just like a terrible, it's on a whole nother level and a whole nother right. scale. Um, but yeah, man, I was, I was just so sad and reading all the stories. I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't seen an outpouring of love for anybody who has passed away. Like I have for Brody Lee. It was just unbelievable. Every single person, no matter what company had something nice to say. And it was all similar things about how he loved his family, how he was a great guy. And let me tell you, I read every single story that everybody posted, everything that I saw from Twitter to Instagram, even if it was, you know, a whole pay, if, even if I had to scroll, I read the whole thing because man, it was worth it. And, you know, it makes it even tougher because he was just such a good dude, man. And it just, like, I was a huge fan of him as a performer. I really was. I mean, I got a shirt on right now. Right. Um, and I, I love the guy. Um, and, man, this is just one of the saddest things I have ever seen in all my years of watching wrestling. Because I was too young when uh, Benoit and, and Eddie Guerrero passed away. I, you know, I don't really remember it. Uh, I wasn't really a huge fan at that time. I only started getting into it years later. Man, nothing really compares to this. Just so sad. And, you know, what is it, two weeks removed? And I'm really, I'm still not over it. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not over it either. And it just goes to show you, you know, John Huber, how much of an impact he made to everyone in the wrestling business. Cause like you said, not one person had anything bad to say about him. And I also, if there's any, I guess, positive that, that came out of all this is, you really got to see the unity of the wrestling community, um, both performers and fans, because it was tribute after tribute and and just memory and art pieces and donations. And, and it's just so much love giving to, to the Huber family, um, his wife and, and his two boys. It, it, man, it, it just it kind of leaves you speechless a little bit. And for, for a second there, you you kind of feel like you're you're part of this movement and part of this like something good you know especially in the times that we're living in now that everything is just so negative and, and there's so much bad shit happening you know with covid and just the, the climate the world's in and stuff you know you see this unity from the wrestling community and all the outpouring love that his family's getting it's just like wow man th- this is a, a beautiful thing you know it's a, it's an unfortunate sad situation but just seeing everyone come together it is a beautiful thing and you know it's rough for the family, but I think their his family is going to be fine, especially his boys, because he's getting so many so much love from everyone. You know? Yeah, I was going to say if there's like uh, something positive to take out of it, it's that his family is getting taken care of, and that's you know a fact. I mean, you could just tell right off the bat everything that Tony Khan and AEW has done oh. for his wife Amanda and his his son Brody, and you know Nolan, obviously little Nolan, he's too young to even know what's going on, but mm-hmm. he's gonna be taken care of too. And it's just unbelievable from signing little Brody Junior to a a contract. Uh, you know he'll be he could sign with he could be on the AEW roster when he's of age and if he wants to wrestle. If he I wants mean, he to should... wrestle, or he could be part of creative or take like a yeah. backstage role if he doesn't want to be a wrestler. Like he he's pre- his life is pretty much set uh, if he chooses yeah. to get involved in the wrestling business. 
I don't know if you follow. I mean, I, I followed his wife after all of, uh, everything that's going on. And she's been posting uh, the chief legal officer for AEW, too, has taken her kids in and, and uh, really just made their lives fun for, you know, that whole entire week that was so disastrous. And just mm-hmm. like I said, there's so much love that their family is taking care of. And that makes me happy. And, you know, of course, all the shirts, too, uh, that are on sale that you could purchase on all the proceeds go to the family it's just you know it's an awesome thing so i'm sure brody is up there smiling that you know his family's taken care of because that's obviously something that he was caring deeply about his family for you know uh everything that we saw from all these stories and everything he cared deeply for his family another another thing i got out of this is man if you had your questions of Tony Khan, I, I think those questions were put to rest because that oh. dude is such a great guy. <laughs> um, even, you know, at the tribute show at the end when um, Cody was in there talking, uh, talking, giving some words about Brody Lee. And then um, he brought out Brody Lee's family and Tony Khan couldn't even talk because he was just so emotional. And he just presented him with a TNT title saying like, you're the TNT champion forever. And his voice was cracking. He couldn't even get the words out. You could tell Tony Khan was just devastated with all this. And, you know, from him, uh, Brody being at a regular hospital, then being brought to the Mayo clinic. It's just, man, Tony Khan is just such a great guy. You could tell he's just a genuine, great guy. And also we got to give credit to the AEW roster and the whole, anybody that works for AEW. Cause they knew what was going on with Brody mm-hmm. for a while, and nothing got leaked out. It goes to show you how much respect and love they have for Brody. That, that's what made this so shocking, too, is that this literally came out of nowhere. Like, I know right. we haven't seen him for months, but I just thought he was injured, you know? Like, he went through a brutal dog collar match. I think everybody right. just thought he was injured. And then, you know, I I looked at my well actually my my friend sent me the like uh, the link to Twitter and then I clicked on it and I saw it. It took me a minute because it didn't look like it was real, you know. Like I was just like, what? Like this can't be right. And yeah, the fact that nobody leaked it out just goes to show the respect they have for him and his family because they wanted to keep it private. Um, man, and and give him credit, like you said, for performing too. All those weeks and months that this was going on and like, you know, I'm sure this was always in the back of their head, you know, of, of what's going on with him. And the fact that they just kept performing, putting on great shows and even a tribute show. I mean, hats off to everybody who, oh. who was on that show. I mean, you know, from Colt Cabana to John Silver to, uh, you know, the whole entire dark order to Eric Rowan coming out, man. Like that was like much respect for everybody. Performing I don't think I ever popped for Eric Rowan the way I did. Me neither. I think the last time I might have popped for Eric Rowan was back in, like, the Wyatt family days, right? But, yeah. man, like, it, it was only right, no. like, for Eric Rowan to show up. And, and even the, the sign he was holding, like, that whole tribute show, I, I got emotional. But the the one that hit me the most, where that's when I, I broke down, was the Eddie Kingston um uh, yeah. promo, promo during the tribute and then you go back and watch bte and the promo he did you know to for the for the roster it's like god man um man you could tell even when, when they're all standing there doing the the 10 belt uh 10 uh 10 belt tribute uh you see tears you see people were crying uh um and from people that worked with him in the WWE to people he's working with now to, to new people like guys like Ricky Starks. Like if you, if you see some of those visuals of some of the, the talent that was on there, 
oh, there was a lot of tears there. And and like you said, the Dark Order, some of the Dark Order matches, um, Cole Cabana coming out with the Bucks or whatever. Cole Cabana was in tears. Yeah. Tears. He was a lot even a lot of the wrestling talent were in tears going out there. And and you know, Brody was only in AEW for not even a year. He was only in no. there for a few months. And the impact that he had on people, like you said, like uh just say a Ricky Starks, for example. Um, you know, I listened to the I don't know if you listened to the Talk is Jericho podcast where he had a bunch of guests on about Brody. Yeah, I think Marco Stunt, uh, you know, all the all these guys that like he hasn't known for a while had left such a huge impact on you know, on these guys if for, you know, only knowing him for a few months, it's crazy. And that just goes to show what kind of person he is. It, you know, like I said, I feel like everybody should aspire to be like Brody Lee. Like, yes. it, it, it's kind of like, I don't even want to say it sounds corny because it's true. You know, like when we leave this earth, we want people talking about us. Like people are talking about Brody Lee, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a life worth living right there. Like he made an impact on people's lives in every single way, not just in the ring, performing for people, entertaining people on TV, but man, all the boys in the back and just everybody, man, like everybody should aspire to be like Brody Lee. And also hats off. Like we said to Tony Khan, I don't think he could have put on a better show if he tried. I mean, this was absolutely perfect in every single way. And from what I gather, Dave Meltzer said that Tony Khan was up all night at like two in the morning. He planned this whole entire tribute show. I don't know if he planned every single little thing that was going to go on, but he structured the whole entire thing and he worked on it for the days, you know, leading up to it. And man, like I said, it was a home run in every single way. Of course, I wish it didn't have to happen, but right, they right. could not have honored this guy's life, legacy, career any better than, than what they did. By, by far, uh, I think it's, it probably was the best tribute show, tribute show of all time to oh, dedicate it to someone. It, it's just, it, it was it was a tearjerker. It was a it was a very emotional night. Um, Leo had mentioned before uh, about the the whole WWE thing and. I'll I'll give my quick opinion on it, and then I'll, I'll I'll hear yours. I at first when I just saw the graphic, and then throughout the night on Raw, because that was the first show of the week after Brody's death. When it came to the wrestling world, um, we saw the graphic, and then you had individual performers that night give like wink and nods and and giving tributes to Brody in their own way, which was a, you know, like, um, it's, it's Monday, you know what that means? Or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, some of them, some of the talent wearing armbands with Brody on it. Um, even the commentators also did wink, wink in the nods to Brody. And I wasn't expecting a 10 bell salute, but I was expecting maybe like a video package. You know, that's what I, I expected. We didn't get that. Right. Um, the following day was Impact, and then I think Impact did the, they did their own graphic, which you know I think all the wrestling, um, all every company did their own version of like a tribute to Brody with a graphic. Um, even like the first night of Wrestle Kingdom, he was like, "Hey, it's January the fourth. You know what that means?" They did, which I thought was dope. Yeah. So the WWE one did rub me the wrong way at first, mm-hmm. but then like as the week progressed, and I, I got to see the the amazing tribute AEW did. Would it have been cool if they would have done a video package at least on WWE TV? Yeah, it would have been cool. But the guy wasn't working there anymore. Yeah, he spent mm-hmm. he had a long career in the WWE, so he deserved a video package on one of their shows. W, uh, Raw, NXT, SmackDown. I, I would have wanted that as a fan, but they didn't do that. But at least 
the talent did their own version of tributes. The commentators did their own version of tributes for the guy Brody. So I, I just didn't want to be that fan that just wanted to shit on WWE because they didn't do a tribute. Like I, I just, it was not the right place to do it, and it's not the right time to do it. And even Amanda Brody's wife, um, she did like this amazing post saying like, "I don't want this to be a war." That's a problem. Even before Brody's death, that was that's always been a problem and an issue I have with wrestling fans. Like, why do you want to see a wrestling company fail, right? Yeah. I read some uh, some of the reports that came out uh, that week also is WWE also didn't want to do a tribute because they wanted to lead that to AEW to do it the right way. That was a rumor, which you that's like here or there, right? Yeah. They did put some tributes on YouTube and some of their social media avenues, right? Mm-hmm. With those were great, talking about John Huber, who the man was or whatever, which it would have been cool seeing that on Raw and SmackDown, and especially Raw because Raw is a fucking shit show. So I would have <laughs> rather seen a fucking Luke Harper tribute than some of the garbage that we're seeing on there. But we'll discuss Raw later. But I, I just didn't want to be that fan. Just be like, man, fuck WWE. They didn't do a tribute to uh, the guy Brody. And, and also, I didn't want to be that guy, too, to be like, oh, you guys treated Brody Lee like shit, blah, blah. Because if you look at Luke Harper's run, he didn't necessarily have a bad run. They didn't right. use him to his full potential. But he did not have a bad run. They just didn't value him like how AEW valued him. But his mm-hmm. run wasn't bad. I, I just didn't want to be that fan to be like, man, fuck WWE. They should have done this. I, I don't want to be that fan. And especially yeah. with a with a, a, a performer's passing, too. You know, could yeah. they have done a video package on one of their shows? Absolutely. They decided not to do that. They decided to put it on their social media avenues. At least they did something. It was better than nothing. And I just, that's kind of where I stand on it. No, I, I'm completely with you 100%. There's plenty of things we could criticize the WWE for. This is not one of them. You know, like, they don't deserve criticism for this. Listen, they acknowledged it with the, with the graphic. Like you said, Vince, I'm sure, let the performers go out and do whatever they wanted. Any tribute with the armband or writing his name on wrist tape or, you know, commentators saying things and, and, and Drew McIntyre and his promos and, and Alexa Bliss, you know, giving a little nod to him. Like, you know, I did not expect the 10-belt salute either. I don't really know why a lot of people did. I could see why some people thought they would do that, but I never thought they were going to do that. Also, with the video package, yeah, it would have been cool. I kind of expected maybe a video package. But like you said, it's really not the end of the world, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like they didn't acknowledge his passing at all. They did. Right. And, you know, the uh, videos that they posted on the social media uh, platforms with all the superstars from Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Big E, uh, Tamina, just talking about uh, Brody and getting emotional, man. It, it was just beautiful. So, like, you know, once once you see that, you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, at least they were working on something. Because Tamina couldn't even talk. No, I know. I mean, and, and who the hell knew that Brody had such an impact on her life? I mean, there, there's so many people. There's so many people that talked about Brody Lee that you had no fucking <laughs> idea. Like, right. I had no idea that Big E and Brody Lee were best friends. Neither did I. Neither did I. I had no clue. All the New Day members were were apparently tight with him. Who knew? Not me. Mm-hmm. You know, Sami Zayn, too. I mean, I know they all work together, but you just don't know who's buddy-buddy backstage, you know? And and, and even uh, The Revival, Cash and, and, uh, yeah. and Dax, man. Like, it, it, Dax Harwood said, like, Brody was the first one to hold his, his newborn. And, you know, uh, they lived, like, 
in the same area and, uh, you know, their wives became friends. I mean, who the hell knew that? You know, I didn't know. But it's awesome to find this out. I mean, too bad we find it out now and, and under these circumstances. But, man, right. cool stories to, to hear. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Brian Myers tweeting, uh, you know, quote, tweeting WWE's tribute uh, graphic and saying, like, oh, no 10-bell salute, no video package. Like, we're all grieving. Like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, this just really – it's not the time and the place to be complaining and bitching and moaning about what WWE doesn't there, do. There's so much shit that we could criticize WWE. This is not one of them. Exactly. You know, and, and I see – you know, of course I expected it. But these freaking trolls, man, commenting oh. on the – on the on the WWE Twitter, oh yeah, you know, and now you want to acknowledge him. You, you treat him like shit. Shut up, dude. The man just died. Right. That's not. It's not the moment Stop for us it. to bash WWE. We could bash WWE on other things. Trust me. Right. With There's when it plenty. comes to the death of this man, it's not one of them. Like, I, I just, if you're a fan of wrestling, you you're not gonna. Sh- you, you you don't first. I, I don't want to blacklist any company. I don't want to shit on. Like we want the wrestling world and every company to thrive. Right. Yeah, so I just don't, and, and don't get me wrong. AEW fans also are just as bad as, as some oh, of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So of it's course. just, it, it's just fans just need to learn how to be a fan. Right. And, and it's like, if you don't like something, just don't say nothing or just don't acknowledge it. Don't watch right. it. People can't help themselves. It's ridiculous. But you know, like you said, Brody's wife, Amanda, she even said in that long, beautiful uh, post that she wrote, she, Brody had no ill will towards WWE. And, and people, were, people were even trolling her, saying, like, no, you're wrong. You're, <laughs> right. telling, the, you're telling the man's wife <laughs> that she's wrong. You know how idiotic um, you sound? Dude, I I, I mean, really, I, I, I can't, man. People are just so awful on social media, and you really see it when things like this happen, you know? Like, uh. People just have... This is the nerve of people, man. Like this, it's just unbelievable. Like you said, he had a great run there. He met all. He made a name for himself. He met tons of friends that are, are were obviously his lifelong friends. Even when he was in AEW, obviously all right. the people who have good things to say about him. His WWE run was not a failure. Yeah, they didn't use him to you know the status that he thought he should be used in. You know, but mm-hmm. and it was a blessing in disguise because then he went to AEW and. You know, unfortunately, his run there was obviously way, way, way too short. But right. we got to see the star that everybody thought and knew he could be. Yeah. Rest in, rest in peace, Brody Lee. Um, definitely watch some of his WWE stuff, especially a lot of stuff with the Wyatts. So the whole Wyatts and Shield feud. Revisit some of his AEW matches with Moxley, which I think is a very underrated match at Double or Nothing. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the Doc Collar match. Um, you know, you know uh, one... One underrated uh, match that I watched from uh, Luke Harper WWE days against Randy Orton, uh, Elimination Chamber 2017. Yes. Very underrated match. I, I don't know why I put it on, but I was just like, because I remember him being involved heavily in the Orton. The rumor feud. was he was going to be he was it was going to be a triple threat that year at Mania. Yes, with Harper yes. in it, and yes. the fans wanted it, but you know, yeah, well, we all know how that word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but go watch that match if you yeah. haven't. Very underrated. I enjoyed it because, you know, in the sh- in the, the six-man tags, you know, he's only one guy in those matches. But if you really want to watch a Luke Harper match, either that match or his ladder match with Dolph Ziggler, awesome, awesome stuff. Oh, yeah, that ladder match for the IC Championship, great yeah. match. Um, One last thing, Brody Lee related, and we'll then talk about some of the other AEW stuff that's happened. What do you think the future of the Dark Order he- here is? Because in my opinion, they can't be healed anymore. There's no, no way they could be healed anymore. They're nope. faces. 
what what do you think they should do with the Dark Order? You, do you think they should be like another kind of like leader role? Do you think they should just kind of leave that absent where they all play their positions? I know before we got hit with the Brody Lee passing, right? Um, John Silver kind of taking like a kind of lieutenant type role. Yeah. Um, what, what do you, what do you think the future of the dark order is here? Um, I, I just think you can't book them as heels anymore. There's no way. Yeah. It's really tough to say where they go from here, but yeah, a hundred percent, especially after the tribute show, there's no way they could be heels. Even the past few months, I mean, seeing them on BTE, everything funny that they've been doing. I mean, they are not heels. They are beloved baby faces. And it's, it's crazy to see how the group has really come full circle from when they first started and they got so much hatred and then Brody came in and changed the whole dynamic of it. And now look where they are. It's just, it's so different. Um, I don't think they should get another leader. I don't think anybody can replace Brody. I don't think they, it's right to replace him. And I don't think they would want to either. I know a lot of people were suggesting maybe Eric Rowan takes over. No, 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 no. Listen, like you said, Mario, you popped for him coming out. Me too. I've never been so excited to see this red bearded, (laughs) mofo before okay but when he ran out there i was like this is great but please do not sign him no disrespect <laughs> dude i do not want no, to see him every single no week disrespect to eric rowan no, all right because no, it was a no. beautiful moment but i yes. don't need to see eric rowan part of the dark order no no listen tony khan handshake give him money tell him thank you for flying to jacksonville don't 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 book a plane ticket for him to come back please i do not want to see him there they should just leave the group the way it is. Like you said, where they go, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, they cannot be heels 100%. They need to be faces from here on out. All right. All right. Let's 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 talk about some more AEW stuff that happened this week. I want to start with AEW because I feel like then we could tie this with the, some of the Wrestle Kingdom stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, real quick, I don't think Leo's on the board right now, but we got to give Snoop Dogg a congratulation. We, <laughs> we got to give Snoop Dogg a congratulation. <laughs> and this is why. Not because you played yourself. Thank yeah, you, Leo. Not, <laughs> not because the splash looked terrible. That's not why I'm giving them the congratulations. Um, the reason I'm giving Snoop Dogg the congratulations is if you watch that, he was telling Cody and Matt Seidel to bring him closer <laughs> while Cody was positioning him the right where he would have landed at perfectly. Right. And right. he chose not to. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> He, th- he thought he knew it all. And also, too, in the process, almost slipped on the rope. Man, I my heart almost dropped for a second. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to fall? Like, does he know what he's doing? Did they rehearse this beforehand? Oh, my oh God. man, dude. The, the, the Snoopy splash, as Sasha Banks uh, referred to I it love as. how Sasha tweeted and was like, we got to work on this, fam. This looks terrible. Oh, my God, was it ever. It was awful. But you know what? Like I said, it. it WWE does this crap all the time with celebrities. And you know what? He didn't really bury anybody in the process. And it was a one-time like, it, it thing. Was just her pet, it was just her pentacle. Who gives a shit about her pentacle? Yeah, right, right. Half the AEW fan base probably doesn't even know who the hell the guy even is. <laughs> it was so fucking random, but hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. It was – I couldn't stop. I, I watched it back several times. It was just – I don't think I'm ever gonna get over it ever. No, no, it's it's one of the most iconic moments in uh, in AEW history. <laughs> AEW short history. But by, by the way, it, it's funny because um, Cody and Matt Seidel did put on a good match, but I think that Snoop Dogg moment just overshadowed the whole oh, thing. Oh, tops the whole thing. Yeah, it <laughs> takes the cake easily. 
Ryan, let me get your thoughts on Sting real quick. So the I think the last time you was on, we actually talked about Sting. It was when yeah. Sting made his debut. And yep. we were excited about it. We were talking about the Tony Schiavone call, how it gave us fucking chills just hearing that scene on come out or whatever. Now, weeks later, um, don't get me wrong, I'm still I, I'm still happy to see Sting. I'm cool with it, but right, right. It's become very repetitive to the yeah. point where it's like we don't need to see that we don't need to see Sting every week. Now, don't right. get me wrong; it's not like he's bearing anyone. It's not like it's not like he's getting booked in a world title match. It's not that, but right. he's doing the same thing every week. And I feel like, especially this week, like we got a great moment um, last week during the tribute show when Darby and Sting came out together, which was something different, right? right. And then they joined uh, the ring with with Cody and Orange Cassidy. I thought that was cool. I thought that was clean. Great. I think this week we could have gotten a break from Sting. I, I don't need to yeah. see the same thing with Sting every single week. Yeah, I mean, why why is he here? That, that's literally my question. Every uh, the past few weeks that I've been seeing him, I'm like, why is he here? Why are right. you advertising him every week? Uh, they they don't need him for ratings. They don't need him for people to attend the shows in Jacksonville. Uh, where is this leading up to? I mean, from what I gather, it looks like it could be a mixed tag match or of some sorts with Sting and Darby and Cody against Team Taz. But when is this happening? Uh, where is this happening? And just can you do more to build this? Because him coming out to quote unquote even the odds, and it's not even to even the odds because half the time it's you know it's still two on five, you know, with all of Taz's guys, like. It's just so predictable. It's like every single time Darby's in the ring and he's and he's has a, uh, a face-to-face with Team Taz. And then, you know, when it looks like Team Taz is about to come and attack, it's like, oh, the lights go out up here. Sting, let's do this. Let's do the snow again. I mean, he, here's the whole thing. He walks out with the bat and he does nothing. He does nothing but stand there and they stare at each other and then that's it. I mean, this is just going to get people sick and tired of him really quick. And he hasn't even been here for a month. So please, I mean, actually it has been a month, but please just, they need to start doing something with him. It's just too repetitive. Like you said, and we do not need to see him every single week. I just don't get why he's here. You know, I, I was, uh, I was actually thinking about uh, this yesterday because every week I do, I do notes and kind of like the format out of what everything we're going to cover. And I was thinking about the whole Sting thing. And, and it's like, you know, while Sting's WWE rung was a little bit underwhelming due to, uh, Triple H beating him at Mania, and then mm-hmm. we got the unfortunate incident with him and Seth Rollins. If you kind of go back and watch the build to Sting and Triple H going to that Mania, it was a pretty good build because we didn't it get was. Sting every week. And sometimes we would get like imagery, like we would get um, people kind of a, a shadowy figure kind of dressed like Sting and kind of scaring Triple H, or we would get like the lights, uh, you know, turned off, and then we would see a graphic on the Titron. I think if AEW kind of did that, like, Maybe like this week, the lights would have went out and we would have heard like a crow sound like <laughs> we would have heard that. And then maybe we would have we just seen like an actual crow like hanging out somewhere like in the in the rafters or something. Right. If we would have just seen that. I think would it would have played a better effect than just things showing up doing the same thing every week. Yeah, I agree. Like if he kind of plays mind games in a way, like does certain things like um even if he just sits in the rafters like Darby did with the TNT title when he was watching like Cody's matches or whatever, like when he was just sitting up there, even if you have Sting just sit up there and just show him really quick, like put a spotlight on him or whatever. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, just something different, you know? It's like these guys, like guys like Sting, you need to keep them special. And uh, right now it's just the same old thing with him. And 
know, they have to realize that by now, like, okay, we need to start doing something with this guy. And I hope maybe, I mean, I don't know. Again, I beach break is coming up. That's like the next big uh, AEW special on TNT. Right. So maybe something will happen uh, between Sting and Darby and, and Team Taz there. I mean, I want to say maybe revolution, but I just, I don't see, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who knows, but you just, we need something else instead of him right. just coming out. We need something else. So I agree. Any other way that they could do it while still featuring him. That's fine. Just give me something different. Let's make some progress towards whatever you're building towards. Yeah. I, I think the, the sting booking has been a little wonky. It's like I said, it's not, it's not awful to the point where he's bearing a talent. No, it's not no. that. It's just, it's just kind of weird because we're seeing the same thing every single week and we're not really getting progress. Yeah, and, and you know, his explanation as to why he is even in AEW in the first place, to me, I'm still mind-boggled. Like, I just don't get, like, he he really didn't give, like, a good enough reason to why he's here. You know, like, what's his objective? What's his goal? What's he do? Like, why did he, like, I know, like, in real life, like, non-kayfabe, like, why he's right. here. Okay, yeah, he wants to, uh, you know, prove that he could still go, maybe have one last hurrah, whatever. I get that. But I'm saying in kayfabe and storyline and purpose, why the hell is he here? Like, I still don't get it. But you and know. I think when he did the actual promo, um, that uh, that one episode of Dynamite where where he was talking to Cody and kind of giving a semi explanation, I feel like if he would have done that and he would have ended where it's like, oh, um, you know, one thing about Sting is just you never know, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do or whatever it is, and then we wouldn't have him see, we wouldn't have seen him for weeks. I yeah. think that would have made more sense and would have had a little bit more substance to it. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep us wondering when he's going to show up next. I, I I like that a lot better. And then it'll be a bigger surprise and a bigger shock. And, I mean, God, you keep him off TV for two weeks. If we don't see him for two weeks and we see him again, even that's, like, refreshing. It's like, oh, we haven't seen him in at least two weeks. Like, right. you know. But, I mean, like I said, it's AEW, so – uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll see where it goes. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm sure they realized by now that like, all right, we need to start doing something. But, okay. You know, we'll let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the main event. Cause man, a lot of shit happened in this main event this past week on dynamite. So we got another phenomenal match. Like we didn't get a ph- enough phenomenal wrestling this week from, right. uh, from new Japan and stuff. But we got this great match between Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix. I, between, Kenny, Ray Phoenix, and Kota Bushi, I don't know whose neck is more sore. Because the bumps, <laughs> the amount of bumps they were taking on their neck this past week was fucking insane. But they put on a fucking great match. Obviously, Kenny Omega went over. Um, Don Cows gets on the mic and, you know, he starts talking shit to Ray Phoenix saying that, you know, we told you, Ray, that uh, Pentagon and and Pac are not going to be on your side. So then you see uh, this visual on, on the Titron gimmick of um the butcher the blade and the bunny kind of like mm-hmm. destroying the, the rest of uh uh oh, triangle de la muerte triangle. um penta and pack and then phoenix is kind of distraught he's weak or whatever he looks upset and then don house tells him like okay we're gonna finish you off or you know he's gonna get another one wing angel out comes mox with a baseball bat mox mox he looks fucking great um and then you know during this beatdown, we see the fucking Good Brothers and fucking. I was like, "What the fuck am I watching now?" Right. <laughs> so the Good Brothers show up. They start beating the shit out of Moxley. Um. Then you have like some of the enhancement talent of AW trying to, ju- you know, <laughs> shout out to Brian Pillman. That's my guy. But like, you know, Brian Pillman's not getting the same MLW booking that he's getting in AW. You know, they're they're, they're gonna slow build him, which is fine. Right. But you know. 
but they got a great spot, at least during this main event segment. So uh, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, they jump in, and then they get beat up, and some of the other enhancement talents are just fucking getting beat up. And, you know, Omega's talking smack to the camera. The Good Brothers are posing with them. Out comes the Young Bucks. And I'm like, holy shit. What's going to happen here, right? So I'm like, man, are they going to fucking, are they going to, like, attack the Bucks too, right? So all of a sudden, I think it was Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman try to grab Kenny Omega from, like, the outside. Mm-hmm. And Matt Jackson just super kicks one of them. And I think it was Doc Gallows hits, um, I don't know if it was Pillman or Garrison with the belt, with the Impact tag title. Mm-hmm. Then Matt kind of has a face like, I didn't mean to do that, but he still did it anyway. <laughs> and then fucking Kenny Omega throws up the two sweet. And oh, my God, dude, oh we, my. Get, we get the Bullet Club. Obviously, they didn't drop it. They didn't say the name Bullet Club, but we know it's the Bullet Club. They didn't say that too sweet. I think Jericho and commentary were like, they're doing the sign. They're doing the sign. <laughs> right. Um, And it felt you know what it felt to me? It felt like an episode of Nitro ending. Like the yeah. good episodes of Nitro ending, right? Um, because it's like, like Tony Schiavone's like, oh my god, they're with them, and you just see them all doing the too sweet. Fucking Don Callis is fucking ecstatic of what's going on, <laughs> and we're kind of getting this reformation of a Bullet Club. Obviously, they're not going to use that name, but they throw up a too sweet. Everybody's posting pictures on IG about it. We were fucking messaging each other back and forth. Ah, uh, what a fucking moment. Now. Man, I marked the fuck out. <laughs> like, I haven't marked the fuck out in so goddamn long. Holy shit. I mean, just incredible. Like you said, I mean, I don't even think the Young Bucks joining them was more shocking to me than the Good Brothers coming out. Because yes, I actually I had text, I actually had texted my, my, my friend because the, the match between Kenny and Ray Phoenix, which, again, phenomenal, by the way. Meltzer gave it five stars. Completely agree. Just an unbelievable match. I saw those two live at uh, Northeast Wrestling in Poughkeepsie in yeah, um, yeah. 2018, I think it was, end of 2018. Freaking phenomenal match. One of the best matches I've ever seen live. So I did not expect anything less from these two guys on television. Killed it. But when that match ended with more than – I think it was more than five minutes left to go. I think it was like 9.52, if I, if I remember, because I remember looking at the clock. I'm like, like oh, okay. they still have 10 minutes left on the show. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? And my friend goes, so I guess we're just getting Moxley. And I said, we have to be getting the Good Brothers here. I said, for 10 minutes after Moxley's promo earlier, what are you going to do with Mox for 10 minutes here that's going to be that big? He's going to come out and they're going to attack each other? Like, somebody's got to come to the aid and help Kenny. Like, it, it, it's got to be the Good Brothers, right? I mean, they, they have the Impact pay-per-view coming up and, like, they're together now, and we've seen them on Impact TV together. So why don't they come in here, and then you could do like a six-man between Good Brothers and Kenny versus the Death Triangle, Lucha Bros and Pac, you know? Like, they're kind of all feuding together. So I said, it's kind of – the Good Brothers have to be coming here. The show is live. What a way to kick off the new year. But, man, I did not expect a full-on reunion. And they're too sweet, man. Like, listen, it took me – until after the show went off the air to realize like the last time we seen them do the two sweet was before they got the cease and desist from the WWE. That was mm-hmm. years ago. They haven't done that since. And the well, they they're doing it, it again. Well, the Buck, the, uh, I rem- you know, when they did it um, at one point too, their last um, ring of honor show, ring of honor show at final battle. They, um, during mm-hmm. uh, Adam page, when he came out to Jeff Cobb, he said, fuck. And he started doing the two sweet with the fans and it was on camera. Oh, okay. Also the bucks during the ladder war match, 
they threw up the two sweet and was like, fuck it. And they threw it up. Fuck, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, besides that moment, though, besides that pay-per-view, they stopped doing it. Yeah. So I wonder what happened there. Like, what did uh, what did Tony, like, pay off WWE to be like, look, back well, off these guys? <laughs> but you know what? I think there's a lot of discrepancy when it comes to the cease and desist. Because you can't trademark a fucking hand Right. Trade. You can't right. trademark. Maybe you could trademark the actual term too sweet. And yeah, that's why yeah. they didn't say it on commentary, if you noticed. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't trademark a fucking sign. Like, you can't trademark that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? right. Like, how, how can you stop somebody from throwing up a little hand gesture? Like, you can. It just seems so stupid. Yeah, and really I mean, I quick, th- uh, really quick on, if you read the Young Bucks book, oh, yeah. uh, they, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I believe it's one of the Matt chapters. Um, He does talk about saying that when they spoke to their lawyer, that this lawsuit doesn't hold any water. They're just trying to milk your money like that. Yes. yes. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be held up in court, pretty much. Like it, it just—it's just a point. It's just a money grab for WWE. They just want you to waste your money, right? And, and but and then they even said too, like it just wasn't worth it. Like they don't need to throw that throw off right. too sweet, you know? Like they don't need to do it. And I agree. They, I mean, they've gotten away with it for all these years. The young Bucks are still the Young Bucks. Like they don't need to use that. Um, but man, just seeing them all do that together—it was literally flashbacks of New Year's Dash 2016. The last time all these guys were in the same ring at the same time doing the two suites together. The night they kicked AJ Styles out of the Bullet Club. I even found the picture to go side by side with uh, the one we saw on Wednesday. And man, it's just, it's crazy. Like who would have ever thought too? I mean, and I often think, you know, pandemic doesn't happen. Good Brothers stay in WWE. They signed that five-year deal. This, none of this ever happens, right? They never show up here. Who knows if we ever even get these guys in the same ring at the same time. I'm not going to say ever because never say never, but man, I mean, who knows? It probably wouldn't have been until years from now. So it's just, God, I mean, how exciting is this? What a way to kick off the year. And maybe now we could finally see this impact AEW relationship because up until this point, what is this partnership? It's basically AEW helping impact by loaning them Kenny Omega. And then having pretty much what it is. It's pretty much Kenny Omega just running shop and impact. Right, and then you and then you have those those hilarious, hilarious paid advertisements by Tony Khan and Tony right. Schiavone, uh, which basically Tony Khan buries Impact. So it, it's almost like it's not even a partnership. It kind of seems like they're at war, but right. obviously, why would they be? Uh, but yeah, in no way, shape, or form has Impact helped AEW. Now, I never thought they were gonna help AEW because AEW doesn't need the help. But I thought you know this partnership was gonna benefit both sides, and until the Good Brothers showed up hasn't been that way so finally uh now let's see where it goes let's see what right. happens because you know now they could be on impact and aew it's pretty intriguing I-, I think also now especially them attacking mox i wouldn't be surprised if moxie shows up at impact maybe even at the pay-per-view next week yeah i mean why not yeah why not i, I think that's i mean the-, the listen if you weren't excited for the impact pay-per-view or that match on the on the pay-per-view with omega and the good brothers beforehand i mean you certainly have to be now because yeah i mean who who says they don't win, and then Moxley shows up to just continue that feud. I mean, I could totally see it. Again, that's what a partnership is. You mm-hmm. kind of don't know who's going to show up on what show and when. And man, John Moxley in an Impact Wrestling ring—that's that's just as as crazy as Kenny Omega stepping foot in an Impact <laughs> yeah, Wrestling pretty, ring, man. Holy pretty, shit! It's pretty nuts, bro. Uh, you know what I want uh, next Wednesday for AW Dynamite? I want the opening shot of the broadcast to be. The fucking Bullet Club, you know, the Bucks, the Good Brothers, and Kenny Omega wearing, like, the shirts that... They've already put out a shirt on fucking Pro Wrestling. Yeah. 
yep. wearing that shirt, coming very NWO-esque out of fucking limousine, just yeah. very cocky and obnoxious. That's the opening visual I want to see for Dynamite this week. Oh, man. Totally. I mean, dude, you can't come on the air with anything other than what we left off with last week. Like, really, you have to start with them. I know they don't – I know AEW doesn't typically st- – they always start off with a match. It's like a full sprint from the minute Dynamite goes on the air. Like, sometimes they don't even have entrances, right? They just completely go right into a match because they have so much booked on the show. But, man, they need to start off with some sort of promo or, or, or a video of, something. you know, just something. something. I mean, I know they, they teased, like, the Elite will be in action next week. But, oh, that's also, too, that was also a, a clue when they said – um. They showed, like, you know, they, they preview the next week, like, right before the main event, and they said the Elite will be in action. It was just a graphic that said the Elite. Yeah, and, and there was no there was no, the, there was no graphic of the actual performers. It just said right. the Elite will be in action. And even me seeing that, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, Right, right. Like, is that a mistake? Like, you don't, they don't normally do that. And mm-hmm. then that's kind of what got me, me rolling, too. And I know, like, the Good Brothers and Kenny aren't the Elite. But I feel like they were just trying to throw us off there. I mean, it could, it, it, it probably will be Kenny and the Bucks, but it was kind of like up until the ending segment, you didn't know where the Bucks and Kenny kind of, you know, stood with each other. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I, I totally agree. That's got to be the opening shot. That would be awesome. Just keep this momentum rolling with this because this was just a mark out moment for everybody who knows the history. You know, I, I was thinking, I can't imagine what a casual AEW fan who has no history of, or, or new, like, who doesn't, Japan who didn't or watch any of this, like this, right? They right. just stumbled upon, oh, a new wrestling promotion. I'm going to check it out. They have no clue how big of a moment this was. Like, they, they probably are so confused. I couldn't even imagine. I was explaining to my dad uh, yesterday, because he's, like, a casual, like, wrestling fan. But, like, I mm-hmm. keep on up to date with some of the stuff that's happened, like, in New Japan and stuff. And, and he asked, like is Bullet Club still a thing? And I told him, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's a different leader now, you know, Jay White, which we got a ton of stuff oh, to talk about yeah, Jay White. So much but like, I was, my dad, right, when he was, when he thought of the Bullet Club, he only thought that it was like maybe like six or eight members and then, you know, some members just went to other companies, right? So I went through down, I went down the list of all the part-time Bullet Club members, like mm-hmm. the Stephen Amell, <laughs> all together, there's been 42 Bullet Club members. Oh my God. 40. Ooh, bro. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Like, there's been 42 fucking members. Speaking nice. of the Bullet Club, um, shout outs to Tony Khan, too, because everything happens by design, right? They specifically did this segment and this angle on Wednesday night, capitalizing on Wrestle Kingdom of New Japan. Yeah. On the same week. Like, think about it like this New Year's Smash. New Year's Dash. New Year's Dash. Like, <laughs> I like that everything too. happens by design, you know? Yeah. And even with some other stuff that happened this week, I think it, it happens by design. So they're like, hey, Wrestle Kingdom's going to be the talk of the week. A lot of these fans are going to be, you know, staying up watching Wrestle Kingdom. We have to we have to execute this angle on Wednesday. It, it's perfect timing. Smart business, man. Like, you, you, you look at the landscape, see what's going on, see what's getting the buzz, and be like, how can I get that buzz, you know? That's kind of something that, I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing. You know, it, it couldn't. It could be a good thing and a bad thing. You know, it could be good because it's like, you know, you focus on your own show, you do your own thing, you know. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you want to get that buzz. You want to get people right. talking, man. And if you don't do anything like, you know, what WWE did to end their show this week and what AEW did to end their show this week, it's freaking, it's night and day, you know. It's, right. like, it's like, which one gets you more excited? I mean, come on, I think it's pretty damn obvious, you know. Right. So it's like. Well, 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 listen, it's obvious to us because. You know, we have common sense. You can't tell (laughs) 
some of these WWE shills because they think you know some of the stuff that happened this week is is the greatest thing in, in pro wrestling. You know, oh, they, man. they think that New Japan and AW and Impact and all these other companies they they think like oh that's not real wrestling. Right. They're like, eh, that doesn't matter. Only thing matters here. And then and then you get a rumor like somebody like Jay White. Oh my God, Jay White, Jay White. Which is another thing too. I'll talk about because mm-hmm. I can't stand the amount of people that are riding his. You know what? Because he's rumored to. Uh, Right, go to the right. WWE, but hey, you know, like I said, we'll get into that. But yeah, totally. I mean, you know, there's some idiotic people out there. But the the only thing that would have made what we saw on AEW this past week even much better, right? Because it was great. And mm-hmm. I told you this uh, when we were messaging back and forth. It's like, man, would I have loved to see AJ part of this? Oh, yeah. like, and don't get me wrong, WWE has done right by AJ Styles. Like his mm-hmm. his WWE run has been. It exceeded everyone's expectations, right? Totally. Like, I, I'm still hoping that he gets another WWE World Title run at some point before his contract is over, and whether he retires or hopefully goes back to a, goes to AEW. <laughs> but I, I, man, this moment would have meant so much more. Like, if AJ was somehow involved, dude. Dude, I'm, what what do you think's going through his mind when he sees this? You know, does he? I think does, he's happy for his buddies. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But like, do you think he a part of him is like, damn, I wish I could be there, or or he's just like, you know, like, nah, I, I'm good. Like, I, I'm I'm good where I am I'm right good. now. I'm good, man. I'm I'm just hanging out with almost. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man. I don't know. Yeah. It's listen. I'd love to know what goes through some of these guys' minds. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's happy, but part of him, man, is probably just itching and be like, God, I wish I was part of that. Uh, you know, even somebody like Finn too, which I'm sure Finn is more satisfied right now too. But man, like you just got to look at that. And you got to be like, wow, all my buddies together. It's like, so, it, like sometimes it's like, you know, yeah, I'm in the WWE and yeah, I'm making that much, uh, you know, good money. But man, to be with my buddies on live TV doing an angle like this, where I'm still getting paid pretty good. I mean, that's, that's also very, pretty enticing. So, you know, you got to wonder what's going through these minds. I'll tell you what, though, this is what I will say. And, and we'll wrap up with AEW with this. Out of the former Bullet Club members that are still in WWE right now, I think the one that's very close to the fence with AEW is Adam Cole. Because he was hanging out yes, yes. over there during their New Year's party, and he was, like, wrestling with little Brody and stuff. And, fucking and that wasn't the first him. time he was hanging out. And, and it's the not AEW the first party. time. So if anybody's going to, like, you know, tip their toe in AEW, I think – I would not be shocked if it's Adam Cole. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I think I said this to you too. Like AJ and Adam Cole are the two guys in WWE that I want elsewhere. AEW, New Japan. Right. I mean, again, not that I'm not enjoying them in WWE. Like I said, I think Adam Cole is going to, he could potentially be like an AJ Styles where like he comes to the main roster, immediate star, like mm-hmm. no, like floating around mid card. Like he, he and, is, he, and he proved that already um, during last year's Survivor Series. Oh man. I mean, come on. If he hasn't proved it, then I mean, you know, come on. Uh, but man, you know, and I know his dream is like to be on the WWE main roster. Like he was always one of those, like, you know, guys who always wanted to be in the WWE and Hey, you can't fault him for that. You know, uh, Kenny young bucks, like they didn't have that same, you know, goal in mind, but he did. He's there. He's done everything that he could possibly do in NXT. I'm just waiting for him to get called up. Not that I want him to, but just to maybe speed up this process of him leaving, you know, quicker because, uh, yeah, man, like, like, listen, Britt Baker's in AEW, and he's so tight with all these guys, and he watches it, obviously, for her. And, oh, God, man. Like, come on. <laughs> he would be so perfect there. Oh, come on. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man, 
but besides Adam Cole, I, I'm still I'm holding hope, bro. I'm being a little bit optimistic and hoping that AJ Styles ends his in-ring career in AEW. That's what I'm hoping for, bro. I can see it, man, because if he retires, if he says he retires and, you know, done with WWE, I could see uh, one of the, you know, the Bucks or, you know, anybody else, Anderson, Gallows, I could see them kind of saying to him, like, look, like, come on, just let's do this but one it, thing in AEW. It, you know, forget about for, – and also, let's, you know – when we think about AJ and his connection with AEW with, like, you know, the Bucks and stuff, like, obviously they're close friends. But you know who else he's really tied with? That's Christopher Daniels. Yes, yeah. Frank And Frankie Kazarian, too. That's his buddies, too. So yes, it's yes, like, you're right. I could easily see them be like, yo, give the fans what they want. Give us this Omega match. Just a one-match yeah. deal. Yeah. It's, it's literally never going to happen unless it happens there. Mm-hmm. Because Kenny's not going to the WWE. And even if he does... If he does, which again he's never going to, but just say hypothetically he does, mm-hmm. that's going to be when AJ's probably retired because AJ didn't. He, he like a while ago he said like by a certain age he wants to be retired, and that was only a few years away. So like he doesn't have that much longer. So it's never going to happen. I, if don't I also again. feel too. I also feel like that was probably AJ's mindset then when he signed. Like this is going to be the last contract contract I signed. Like I, I want to retire, but like what Tony Khan is offering, Vince can't offer you that. Yes, yeah. Like, Tony, you're talking about, like, the freedom I, and stuff, too. Like, everything, right? Tony, I, I feel like Tony Khan will go out of his way to give AJ whatever he wants to get him. Because if he signs AJ to a deal, and, and this is all hypothetically speaking, right? Yeah, I know. If it's getting excited. But... To a de- I know. We're, we're, <laughs> we were this excited when we were messaging each other, too, though. <laughs> but, like, if he was to sign AJ to a deal, I could easily see him, like, kind of have something like an edge type contract where he kind of works backstage role and kind of like Holy fine with me. Right. And then he could do like an appearance, like a match here. Like obviously we're going to get the Omega match if he was to go to AEW. Like that's yeah. got to be like the top of the list. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No, Hey, that's fine with me. Like I said, if he wants to be a part-time performer, I mean, again, like why wouldn't he, if he could still go, I could, I could see if he feels like he can't go anymore. He has not missed a step, bro. He has not slowed down. Yeah. So listen, I mean, he could go another – I mean, looks like he could go another five years. Is he really going to spend those five years in the WWE doing what he's doing right now? I mean, give me a break. Give me a freak. I mean, what what is he doing right now? I mean, it, he's doing nothing. And like you said, one more run with the world title, and then what else does he have to do there besides collect the, the paycheck? Nothing. What does he have to do I, I, in, in I other companies? I want so bad. Bro. Oh, <laughs> dude, I know. We, we just need – we need that Omega match. I will not stand for not ha- having that match ever. We just need to have – that match before if that match happens fucking omega and aj i think Meltzer's is gonna break his record and give it like a 10 star match oh man he should he should <laughs> to, to troll those haters and because it might as well be deserving of it as well oh all oh. right all right Let, let's talk about speaking of, of fucking five stars 10 stars all, all the stars let's talk about wrestle kingdom all so right, wrestle kingdom go. this year was a little bit different it still mm-hmm. felt like Wrestle Kingdom to me watching it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't at full capacity, but I don't know. Just the visual of it, it still felt like a big deal, and it still felt like Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, there was a little bit of differences. Like, obviously, you didn't hear, like, the yelling and the screaming of the crowd, mm-hmm. which is not like they go out of their way like they do out here in the States. Right. But you still hear – there's still a vocal crowd, especially, like, in like when it comes to, like, towards the match and, like, during big moments. But mm-hmm. you heard a lot of clapping. It just goes to show you, too, how – Japan, they follow the fucking rules over there. Oh, don't even get me started, man. <laughs> oh, don't even. I, 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 like you said before, it, earlier, you want to be living in Japan. So do I. I just want to hug these people. I just want to give these people a big, nice hug and be like, you know, be, you guys are so great. You know, like, let me tell you, like, 
I want to be one of them, you know? Those people ain't storming no capitals, man. Those those people are following rules, following directions. You don't have that one asshole that goes. They go. They they get to go watch wrestling. Right. 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 (laughs) Jesus, man. Um. Okay. So, um, some big things happened on Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, our boys, the Gorilla Destiny, Tamatanga, Tangaloa. Once again, IWGP Tag Team Champions. They defeated Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Taichi. Um, Tanahashi. Tanahashi looked great again against Great Okan. Uh, great Okan had a great showing. Um, not that I was down on him, but I'm like, okay, I need to see more of this guy. And I yep. think we got that with the Tanahashi match. Yeah, um, I, I definitely need to see more. I'm not mm-hmm. that high on him. Uh, me, he has me potential. Mm-hmm. I don't, and from what I'm seeing, not a lot of people are pretty high on him, which you know is is understandable because he's. I will. I don't say he want to say he's green, but he's got a lot of work to do. Like he, he needs yeah. to impress me a little bit more. But this was definitely a start. I agree with you. Um, and then the 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 two main events because th- th- there's no other way to put it. Okada Osprey, Jesus oh. Christ, Jesus I mean, you, fucking Christ. You knew I'm this was going to be amazing. I'm surprised. I, I was. I really thought Osprey was going to go over. Me too. Me too. I, I was. I was shocked. But uh, then again, you know, like when these kind of things happen, you know, New Japan has a plan. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like wins and losses here. Like it doesn't like kill somebody. You know, like Gato knows what he's doing. I expect Will Osprey now to have a monster 2021 after after losing to Okada. You know, he he could be a favorite to win the G1. He could. You know, I just feel like from here on out. Him and, and the rest of his group, the Empire, they'll be just fine. They're going to be booked strong. Uh, I don't. The loss doesn't hurt him at all. But I was pretty shocked that he didn't win here. It's funny that you mentioned um, his stable, the the Empire, because I have uh, I, something interesting that I wanted to bring up with them when we get to it. When it comes to New Year's Dash, mm-hmm. um, and then we got the main event for Night One, Kota Bushi defeating Naito for both championships, the IW uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. Finally, he broke this whole. Charlie Brown curse because to me <laughs> he was the Charlie Brown in New Japan. He always comes yeah. that close, but never fucking can get it. And yeah. he finally got his moment. And and just seeing Naito also handing him the championships too was like wow. And they and they these two never have a bad match. We we seen it with their feud for the the Intercontinental Championship and their, their fucking matches and fucking G one climaxes. Madison um, Square they, Garden. They they had a match. Yeah, at the Garden too. They, they just never have a bad match and. You know, these two matches, they're already on my uh, both Okada and Osprey and Naito and Obushi. They're, they're matches that I already have on my list already, you know, of matches that we got to revisit at the end of this year. Dude, totally. And, and you knew that coming into it. Uh, but, man, it's just like almost like it exceeds your expectations. It's just unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the Charlie Brown of, of New Japan. But it makes that moment of him winning that much sweeter, you know, because you know how much shit he went through, how many times he got screwed over. And, and, you know, time and time again, he thought he was going to win the big one and he didn't win the big one. And he had to see Kenny Omega win it over him. And, and he had to see guys like Okada in the way and Tanahashi in the way. And, and even guy like Jay White gets it, you know, uh, before he does. And then bam, he finally gets his moment after being screwed out of the briefcase, uh, winning the G1 for the second year in a row. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. And Naito hold, uh, handing those belts over to him just made that moment even even more heartfelt and, and just awesome. Just so good, man. And right then and there, I knew that he wasn't dropping them the next night. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of hoping. <laughs> yeah. It would have been let's, funny. Let's, but... get into, let's get into uh, night two. Uh, you know what? Let me get your opinion on it because I don't think I ever asked you. What do you think of the whole KOPW trophy gimmick? I think 
I, I like the idea of the second Okada did the press conference. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because, yeah. listen, I'm actually one of these guys that I'm a fan of titles. I like championships, right? Especially yeah, yeah. when you have a, a stacked roster. But it has to mean something. For right. example, like New Japan, the six-man, even the junior tag. Like, get rid of them. Because it, it yeah. really doesn't it's, mean anything, right? serves no purpose, um, yeah. But, like, the idea of this KOPW, I'm like, okay, this could be something here. But then they said that it's not going to be an actual physical championship. It's going to be a trophy. I'm like, okay, maybe it'll start off as a trophy, but then maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a title. I think maybe because I'm not a fan of Yano like that, but I think him holding this is just fucking terrible, and it's a fucking joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it. It's pretty lame, I'll be honest. Uh, and I'm, I'm a fan of Yano. I find his matches very entertaining because we don't see it all the time. Uh, you know, you know, when you're getting like a Yano one on one or like, you know, um, a match where he's in like a, a big tag match or something, you know, he's just going to do something entertaining. For me, I find him funny because he's not like, I don't know. It, it's different from like somebody like R-Truth who, you know, I know a lot of people like R-Truth. I really don't find him that funny. I don't find like he's just stupid, like like funny. And I don't find that funny. I don't laugh like like when when he thinks like, oh, it's. Well, when he when he comes out, remember when he used to come out during the wrong match or whatever like that or something like that. He doesn't know what when, match is going think, on. He's, I think one year at the Royal Rumble, he brought out a lot. Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. But other times, man, I just I don't laugh at some of the things he does. But Yano, man, I just find this guy hilarious, bro. Like he's always pulling out some duct tape. He's always he's always got something up his sleeve. He's always pulling one side of the uh, you know, the pad away. The rest he's is randomly over there. yelling some then he's shit. Pulling the other one. Yeah, like he's he's entertaining and funny to me. But yeah, holding this is a joke. This whole thing is a joke. And to me, it's like, all right, it's supposed to be like a bunch of gimmick matches, right? Like it's, it's supposed to be like uh I don't know. I've, I've seen some stupid like gimmick matches of, of, from this thing. Like I think Yano had one with um, Fale recently or, or something like that, and it was like you have to um, you hit the other person with the the pad. I don't know something stupid like that. I'm just like this is not New Japan. Like New Japan doesn't do these stupid shenanigans. It's very hokey. Um, yeah, they don't do this shit. Leave this up to WWE with the guys chasing the 24/7 title. This is no different than the 24/7 title, and you know. He held Yano was the only holder of this, and then he and now he's the first champion of 2021. So, like, I don't understand, like, where's this going? Like, what is this leading right. towards? Like, who besides Yano is going to hold this joke of a trophy? Because I don't think anybody else in New Japan is as big of a joke as Yano is. And, and I think, too, when Okada first did this press conference, it, it was supposed to be like a really big thing, like King of Pro Wrestling championship or whatever they said it sounds and prestigious it, it sounded pretty cool and now it's just like i'm just not a fan of this at all dude no, i'm no. just not into it dude not into listen it. everything in new japan is so important and feels important and feels special this is not one of them it's not i tell you what does feel special and that's a no never open weight championship jeff yep. cobb shingo jesus christ this is another match that i put on my list because my god bro it was like two oh, fire God. hydrants beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Dude, I could have watched them go all day. I feel like they're perfect opponents for each other, man. Shingo could not be a better opponent for Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Cobb could not be a better opponent for Shingo, man. They just work so good together. And this is another example, going back to Osprey the Empire. I really thought Jeff Cobb was going over here. Dude, I thought they were going to – I thought Jeff – I was like, dude, Osprey took a major L last night. They got to give Jeff Cobb something, but – Every member of the United Empire, the Empire, whatever name they're yeah. going to go with, they took L's this weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
it was pretty surprising. So I thought, you know, after Great O'Conn and, and Osprey lost night one, I feel like, all right, Jeff Cobb's going to pick up some of the slack here and, and win the belt and bring it home. That didn't happen. But, man, you, you know, you can't be, you know, like I said, I'm not disappointed, whatever. Like, Gato has a plan for this group, obviously, which we saw at New Year's Dash. Uh, but, man, just such a great match. And I've, I've watched Jeff Cobb for a while now, right? This is, I think, the best Jeff Cobb has looked. I mean, it looks like he's in incredible shape. Looks like he leaned out a little bit. He put on some more muscle from being in Japan for all these months. He looked fantastic. This is probably one of my favorite Jeff Cobb matches I have ever seen. If, you know, I think this, this might be it. Jeff Cobb, right? Because he, he's obviously a heel. He's darker. He's fucking mean. Yeah. This version of Jeff Cobb reminds me of his Lucha Underground days as Matanza. That's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. Yeah. I, I didn't watch too much of him in Lucha Underground. But if you if you go back and watch some of the stuff from Lucha Underground as Matanza, that, that's what it, it, it reminds me of. Like, it's just a dark, gritty version of Jeff Cobb. And like you said, he, he's putting some of the best work right now in Japan. And he, he fucking looks great. Um, two things. Uh, when it comes to this whole never open weight championship uh, 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 story they're telling, while I was kind of shocked that Jeff didn't win, just based on what we saw in New Year's Dash, I'm happy Shingo retained because we're going to potentially yeah. get Shingo Tanahashi for the yes. never open weight championship. Dude. Two bulls, dude. Two bulls. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a match that I, I never thought we would see. It's just a, a match that I just couldn't picture happening, you know? Like, I, and I, it's, God, that's going to be so freaking good, man, when it happens. I, I assume it's going to happen at the new beginning. They didn't really announce any, uh, any like, future dates or shows or anything. They usually have a press conference after, like, New And Year's they nor- normally show video packages at Wrestle Kingdom pretty much telling yeah. you what they're doing throughout the year, and we didn't get none Nothing. of that. But I guess, you know, like, like I said, with, with, with the current times and the cases of COVID going back up in Japan, they really can't guarantee anything, so maybe they held off on that. I'm sure they have, like dates scheduled because how could they you have just go month by month but they have dates for this month i think uh next week and they're back in action yeah i did look at the schedule they had, they had some road to new beginnings and then the first new beginning show is uh january 30th it's a saturday um mm-hmm. so and then I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be one the following weekend and vice versa but man yeah the, I mean, we'll talk about new year's dash but th- those matches that they set up and tanahashi and shingo being number one for me is just it's going to be must-see. And and after Tanahashi looked so damn good against the Great Okan, I can't wait to see what he does against Shingo. Because Tanahashi is one of those guys that, man, it's just like, it saddens me that, like, I, I know he's he doesn't show it, but we all know he's getting older and, you know, he's he's getting closer to retirement, you have to think. Right. I mean, how much lo- longer do you think he has left? But, man, I am just, I am going to probably ball my eyes out the day he retires, man. I love Tanahashi. He is so good. Oh, my God, man. I I feel like the day, I think the day Tanahashi retired, I think it's going to hit me more than when uh, Jushin Thunder Liger retired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. I I think, speaking of New Year's Dash, real quick, I think they dropped the ball with the Empire on New Year's Dash. While they did pick up a great win, one thing I noticed about New Year's dashes, right, in recent years going to now, for whatever reason, New Year's dash doesn't feel as big as they used to before. That's nope. one. And two, if you go to past New Year's dashes, the never open way six man usually either changes or there's there's like a big match yeah. defense yep. for it. This year we didn't see that. We did see mm-hmm. Ishii and Yoshihashi and um and Goto come out with the titles during their uh uh ten man tag, but they didn't defend it. I think this would have been the perfect timing, especially 
with the uh, Empire taking L's on Wrestle Kingdom for them to capture those never open way six man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a really good point. I actually did not think about that until right now. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it would have helped those titles. I mean, I don't think those those titles haven't been held by anybody as big as them since, you know, God. I mean, I might be off on this, but since the last time Omega and, and the Young Bucks held them, right? I mean, like, I, I can't even really I – mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure I there think has. The I think the last time think. those titles had uh, some, some, you know, some substance to them was during um, – it was during – I want to say maybe a year or two ago when uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and um, Ishimori had them. Okay. See, it's remember, very at that forgettable. Time, at that time, at, I think that was 2019, because I think at that time, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny were not only the, the tag champs, but they were also the Ring of Honor tag champs, and they also had the Never Hope. They were just okay. carrying titles. So I think that was the last time I feel like they meant something. God, it's so forgettable, man. Like you said, like just – get rid of them if you're not going to like you know showcase them in a big way and have them defended regularly you know like it's just like they serve no purpose you don't even know who, who the champions are half the time you know it's just oh, it's ridiculous and, and listen it just seeing yoshihashi with a title just makes me sick oh my dude i know well it's the only title he's ever going to hold in new japan so you know what if they want to give that to him <laughs> you know what uh poor yoshihashi man i hate to shit on him but man he's just uh, he's all he can't get out, of the, get out of his own way he is fucking awful <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget what, when, when he fell running to the ring and he busted his head open. Dude, holy, uh, holy shit, man. I felt so bad laughing because then I seen like what his, what his face looked like and shit and how out of it he was. And, but man, typical Yoshihashi moment. I, that's all I got to say. Trash. But, yeah. All right. Um, speaking of Ishimori, uh, he defended the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against uh, Takahashi. Takahashi had a great weekend this weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, this week at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh defeating uh el phantasma which el phantasma man i love this dude so much like i kind of wish he bulked up more so he can move on to the heavyweight division because yeah. especially with these rumors of what's gonna happen with jay white or whatever and if he does stink, stick uh, stick around in japan or whatever like when i look at el phantasma he's so charismatic like i could feel like he could be a potential leader of the bullet club if he just bulked oh, yeah. up a little bit oh yeah dude his antics his uh just 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 the things he does and, and says he's just Man, he is such a good prick. He really is. He he is he's 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 on the level of MJF, where it's like he takes his character so serious that I can't picture what he's like when he's out of character, you know, because he's just that good. Like he's just like he just looks like your typical asshole. Like I just I just don't see him. I'm sure he's a very nice guy in real life, but I just I can't picture that because he's so good at what he does. He's probably such a great guy too. <laughs> no, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I just can't picture it. This is a compliment to him. This is a complete right. compliment. Like I said, he's a great heel, great prick. After he won the uh, the Super J Cup, mm -hmm. uh, holy shit, man! Disrespecting uh, the jacket and the trophy, <laughs> and man, oh, call it saying Liger, Liger. You see that? He's tweeting Liger all the time, man. He's he's freaking tremendous. But yeah, he had, he had a great match against Hiromu. Um, you know, I didn't expect him to win, and it almost seems like too. I don't know, I kind of got the vibe that. They both of them held back a little bit on what they did in that match. And I thought maybe it's because, okay, well, Hiromu's got to wrestle tomorrow, so he's not going to go as crazy. And then El Fantasmo did basically everything that I expected him to do. But I felt like they could have given us more. But I feel like we're going to revisit this in a few months. And I, I don't think this is the last time these guys will be facing off for the, the junior title. So um, 
Yeah, I, I expect they, just to see this again in a few. New months. Japan's putting a lot of steam on Takahashi, man. I, I, it really makes me wonder if at some point he kind of goes the Osprey route, where he gains some, you know, he gets some muscle, gains some weight, and kind of moves up because they're putting a lot of steam behind this guy. Yeah, I just feel like they need to they need to keep him in the junior division right now because the junior division mm-hmm. is, you know, they, they got to listen either sign some guys. I mean, I got some guys on the radar that I'd love to see there, a man like uh, Leo rush or uh, Blake Christian or, uh, right. You know, man, some of these guys really bolster, bolster up the, the junior division because ever since Osprey left and, you know, Hiromu was obviously the star, but I mean, who do you really have in the junior division besides it, especially, Mori, with, especially with the pandemic too? Like, where the fuck is Robbie Eagles? You know, like right, it's, it's, right. it's just this pandemic is another curveball. Right? Yeah, he could be another one. He's shown great things too. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. just like I feel like you need to make the junior division as big as it once was. You need to keep as many guys there as possible. You know, you eventually I'd like to see some of these guys move up, but I just feel like after Osprey just did it for them to lose somebody like Hiromu. Like so quickly, for that would example, be like, major. That, that would be that would, a major hit. It'd just be like a, a a death sentence to the entire division. So I just feel like for right now, he needs to keep putting that division on his back until they have that next big junior star. And I'm not saying it, it, it can't be Phantasmo, but they need to build him that way. You know? Right. 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 All right, dude. Let's talk about this main event. Oof, Jay White, right. Kotobushi. 48 minutes and five seconds. The oh longest Wrestle Kingdom main event in history, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Dude, this might have been Jay White's best match of his whole career. That's how good it was. Yeah. Um, and we're not breathing with the switchblade, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, no disrespect to Kota Bushi. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. He deserves it. But, man, I wanted Jay White to win this so bad. How funny would it have been if Jay White won this? Oh, my God. Oh, I wanted him to win this so bad. But, um, you know, as much as this match was phenomenal and you could arguably you can make the argument this might have been one of Jay White's best performances. Right. The dude looks great. He looks like a star. The biggest news coming out of Wrestle Kingdom was that apparently he's leaving New Japan. Right. Quote mm-hmm. quotations right here. You know, before, yep. uh, yeah. you know, we get some of the, the peckerheads fucking, you know, <laughs> um, so in quotations, he's leaving New Japan. And then all these rumors started coming out saying that, oh, that WWE showing interest in him, um, that it might be 50-50 shot, that he could be leaving. Um, there's also rumors coming out that apparently um, he signed a seven-year deal, which to me sounds insane. Like, you never hear anybody sign a seven-year deal. Like, it's always like a three-year deal or a two-year yeah. deal. Or, yeah. like, I think the most has been, like, maybe a five-year deal. But yep. a seven-year deal sounds insane. So... That that's something that I was like, wow, that that sounds pretty crazy because apparently AEW wanted to sign him. Yeah, yes, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Jay White told him like, no, I signed a seven year uh, seven year deal with New Japan. So it's like, wow, this guy, if this is true, man, this guy is ride or die for New Japan, which we yeah. all expected anyway. Because it's like to me, I can never picture Jay White leaving New Japan ever. Not even, not even to te- like Ring of Honor. Like, yeah, because there's someone in bed with New Japan, but like, but like, I can never see him in another promotion. Even though, if you look at Jay White, that's like the perfect model of what WWE looks for. You know, because yeah. he kind of yeah. wrestles like a WWE style yeah. in a way. Um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, whatchamacallit, I'm not subscribing to these rumors. I mm. do not see this guy leaving, uh, New Japan. I think mm. this could be like maybe 
a redemption story for him where he takes a break. Like people forget, like when Kenny Omega lost to Okada in Okada Thank Omega you. One, yep. he took a break. Thank you. Like yep. people forget that. So I'm not subscribed to these rumors. Like I'm not saying that WWE wouldn't be interested in the guy. I'm not saying that. Oh, of course they'll be interested. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm not subscribing to the rumors that Jay White's leaving New Japan. Mm-hmm. What is interesting is that new at New Year's Dash, right? Um, Jay White took a pin. Mm-hmm. So I think the question to me, I think we're asking the wrong questions. Is he leaving New Japan? No, I don't think that's happening. I think the right questions are to ask when he does come back to New Japan. Is he part of the Bullet Club? Is there mm-hmm. going to be a new leader? Um, yep. Is he going to be a babyface now? I yep. think those are the right questions to ask. But, Ryan, let me get your take on it because I know you have a lot to say about this. Dude, you just hit the nail on the freaking head, man. You, you Every single thought I had, it just spewed <laughs> out of your mouth. And this is why I love being on here. I love talking to you about all things wrestling, New Japan, anything. Because we think alike, man. I literally said that to my friend. I said, do you not realize, and, and everybody's forgetting that, the last time this happened was when Kenny Omega lost to Okada in 2017 after that brutal match. Oh, the great match, but the brutal match, it took uh, so much out of him. He took a break, and then he returned at the at the New Japan Cup. But at that point, everybody was like, oh, is he leaving? Is he leaving? And then, boom, signed a two-year deal with New Japan to stay and stayed until 2019. This is – there's no coincidence this is happening again, Okay. Jay White goes through this brutal 48-minute match, the longest match in Tokyo Dome history. Omega and Okada was 46 minutes. This surpassed it by two minutes, 48 minutes. Unbelievable. You could tell by that promo backstage, Jay White was just, you know, just shot, man. Like, just took a beating, (laughs) just completely. I've never seen Jay White like this before, okay? It looked like he was going to just die right there on the stage. Really, to jump in real quick, as a viewer, you kind of felt sympathetic for Jay White. Yes. Which is the first time, like, obviously, I'm a Jay White fan, so, but, like, for, like, the... The, the 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 viewer that it's like ah Jay White's such a dick or whatever right you kind of if you had that opinion of Jay White just watching that promo you kind of felt sympathy for the guy yeah I mean when he's talking about how he sacrificed so much and he hasn't seen his family in three years and he gave he gives everything to New Japan which is true you know he he gave up everything to to be there that's exactly where I was like okay this is I know where this is heading like this is going towards a face turn. And then, you know, um, when he, you know, even during the match, too, I think we forget, uh, during the match, remember he laid down for Ibushi? At one point, it was like he was giving up. Like he laid yeah. down, and he wanted Ibushi to pin him because he was just like, this, it's over. And I was like, what? What the hell is got, going on here? I got so many flashbacks of Jeff Jarrett and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I was just like, huh? And then you see the promo, and then, you know, Okay, that, that promo right there is what got me to wake up for New Year's Dash. Because I was like, okay, these past few years of New Year's Dash has not been anything that special. After two nights of waking up in the Tokyo Dome, maybe I will just, you know, because I'm off on Wednesdays. It was Wednesday morning. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just wake up and I'll watch the show when I get up. And then this happens. And then, you know, Kota Ibushi is, is thinking about unifying the titles. And I'm just like, holy shit. They're like, tune into New Year's Dash. I'm like, okay, I set my alarm for 4.30 in the morning. I guess and, I'm waking and up. And then we watched New Year's Dash and we could all give each other congratulations because it was really nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, know, damn it. It. Still, it was still an enjoyable show. I don't want to yeah. shit on the actual, like, but it was, like I said, New Year's Dash doesn't have, doesn't hold the same amount of weight that it did a couple years ago when big things would happen, like when Suzuki Gun would attack people. And oh, like, it does not, best. it does not hold 
the same weight anymore when Jay White uh, thought that he was going to join the Bullet Club and then attack Omega. Like, it just does yeah. not hold the same weight anymore. Jericho attacking Naito that right. night after the Omega thing. Just just crazy stuff. Yeah, unexpected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, then when you, when you get that, right, he wrestles on that show in that big tag match, gets pinned by Ishii. I just think it's just another uh, little piece in the storyline of the Bullet Club dissension because you know he lost clean there maybe they're doubting that he should be the leader because he's taking all these losses he can't get the job done uh this and that and you know i mean i don't know if evil i, I mean i wouldn't put him as the face of the bullet club but you know i don't know but i just feel like evil and jay white have to be on a collision course to be feuding with each other because they haven't been too fond of each other and you could tell in that tag match they barely looked at each other they barely yeah, interacted yeah. they didn't really even when they were standing on the apron in that tag match, they were standing on separate sides because I kept an eye on both of them. They just, they don't even touch, talk, look at each other, nothing. They don't acknowledge so, each other at all. Right. So that's got to be leading to something. They just don't do this just to do it. So he's completely turning face and he's going to be, you know, feuding with the Bullet Club, I think. Like you said, that's what we should be talking about. Not if he's going anywhere. I think Dave Meltzer said too that, uh, a bunch of guys had told him that they never want to go to the WWE. And Jay White was one of those guys that expressed interest of never working there. And, of course, things can change. You never say never. You know, I think Kenny Omega said that at one point. And then if AEW didn't come into play, he would have been in WWE as well. But I just feel like, man, Jay White has so much more to offer in New Japan. I feel like he's, like you said, New Japan, I'm not going to say for life, but at least for the next few years. Like, dude, yeah. he just came back from excursion in 20. 20- 17 at the end at the tail end and now we're in 2021 man i just him leaving right now just it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel right at all i I can't picture him leaving new japan like he has so much there's so much story that you could tell with him in new japan like we still like you said we still haven't even seen a face run of jay white in new right And, and they wouldn't be putting this much effort into him and and pushing him the way they have and and taking the briefcase off of ibushi just to main event you know the 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 second night of Wrestle Kingdom to have the longest match in Tokyo Dome history. They're not all doing this if they have the feeling that he's leaving. So mm-hmm. I just feel like he's trolling everybody. He's trolling people on the dirt sheets and guys that I love, like Sean Rossap. Like, come on, dude. Like, I love you, man. But, like, he's even feeding into it now. And and that idiot Ryan Satin, he's tweeting the oh, he's, he's tweeting a screenshot of Jay White liking Finn Balor's tweet. Dude, that doesn't mean anything. He knows what he's doing. He is trolling and working all of you fools. Man, I cannot wait until he freaking returns. And I am just going to laugh at all these idiots that are just tweeting about Jay White. These people who I've never seen tweet about Jay White before, but now that he's attached to, you know, those three letters, WWE, everybody feels like they got to talk about him. But before that, he's in New Japan. I feel like nobody even says a peep. It's it just, it's funny. Ryan Sand is so fucking and listen, I like Ryan Sand, but man, he is so fucking cringe on Twitter. Like th- Dude, that's one of those is. dudes that should not be on Twitter. He should yeah. not be on Twitter at all. <laughs> Everything yeah. that comes out of when it comes on Twitter, he just buries himself all like how creepy is it that you're taking a screenshot of somebody liking something? What that doesn't mean anything. Dude, he's so he's bro, I don't even think I don't know if you caught this, but like I'm sure some people did. I caught it. I sent it to my friends. We were fucking laughing. After Becky Lynch had her baby, and, and he puts up a tweet about Seth Rollins mm-hmm. swinging the title. He's like, "Who did this with the mm-hmm. umbilical?" What? Ryan said made our congratulations of the 2020 list. He was oh, number good, 10. good. I am glad. He was number ten. <laughs> I, oh, good. Top ten, perfect. He 
Dude, he is just un- I mean, what a sick thing to co- to put in your mind and not even just to have it pop into your mind. You thought that was okay to dude, I mean, with his job, his status, his stature, you thought that was okay to tweet, bro. He oh. is a moron, dude. I have no I'm not going to go out and and, and I like I'm not going to tweet at him like any of these things. Like people bully the shit out of him and stuff like that. I'm not going to tweet at him and, any of these and, things. For the record, I think he's a nice guy. I just think yeah, he's an yeah, idiot. Yeah. But he's, he's an just idiot. an idiot. Yeah, he's just <laughs> such an idiot. Oh my god, man. All right. So I think we could both agree that Jay White it's not leaving you Japan. No, I, I'll tell you what not. though. I did a poll, right, uh, uh, on the Lucha Outsiders page like, oh, "Hey, yeah. what do you want to see new Jay White do next, right? Stay in Japan and go to WWE." I'm surprised the amount of people that actually want to see this guy go to WWE. I mean, uh, I'm not but at the same time, it's just like, dude, like, like, yeah, the visual of him being in WWE, right, could be cool, okay, for five minutes, and then after that's up, then you he's realize you're like, oh, switch, he's not going to be the switchblade in WWE. Oh hell no, hell no, they're going to water him down, and he's he's just going to turn into a, another guy in the roster that's just not cool anymore, you know, like like somebody like an Alistair Black or a Nakamura or a Ricochet, man. Three guys that I freaking loved, and now mm-hmm. I just every time Ricochet comes out, I you don't care the about him. I change the don't. channel. You're not, you're not invested in him, and I never thought that would happen. But it's WWE for you. Let's let, oh sorry. So speaking of free agency, which Jay White does not fall in that category, <laughs> yeah. um, I want to bring up three names real quick: uh, Ethan Page, Taya Valkyrie, mm-hmm. and Marty Skrull. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's another okay. thing to talk about. Yeah. All right. So, Ethan Page, he's a free agent right now. He has not signed anywhere yet. They mm-hmm. are promoting a match on Impact for the pay per view, which is uh, oh, Ethan Page versus the Karate Man. That's already been filmed. It's going to be a cinematic match, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. but he's not under contract right now. Right. Everybody thinks that Ethan Page is going to go to AEW, right? Which, if he goes to AEW, it's cool. I'm not subscribed to that, and I'm going to tell you why. AEW's roster is so – there's so much depth in the AEW roster. Yeah. I feel like, yes, I know he has buddies there, but I would not be shocked if Ethan Page decides to take the WWE contract over the AEW one. Everybody's like, no, but he has friends over there. I mean, the guy has friends in WWE too. Everybody right. has friends everywhere. <laughs> right, right, I exactly. Feel, I feel like – and this is one of these rare occasions where I feel like – a guy like Ethan Page might thrive more in WWE. Just my opinion. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I honestly, like I said, I, I agree, but I also think you know he would he would be good in AEW. Uh, I know I know the the roster is pretty deep, but I just feel like with his talent and the way they they showcase certain people, I just feel like nobody really gets lost in the shuffle too much. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like he can't really make the wrong decision, to be honest with you. I, I, I would, right. I'd be fine with him if he went to WWE, and I'd be more than fine if he went to AEW. Like I said, I really don't think um, – I don't think he could he could make the wrong choice. I, I really don't. Like, he's a one hell of a talent. I love watching him. He's so good. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell you – like, like I could sit here and say some of these guys, like, oh, my God, I wish, I hope AEW signs him. That's not really – if that doesn't fall in the same line with Ethan, Ethan Page, because I just feel like if he signs with WWE, okay, that's cool. I mean, you know, uh, like you said, I think he could do really good there too, just as good as he would be in AEW. All right. 
Taya Valkyrie. Now, Taya Valkyrie, she does have a, a knockouts championship match at um, Hard to Kill against Deanna Perrazzo. Should be a great match. But rumors are coming out that her deal is about to be up at some point this month. Um, is it plausible that she signs a, another deal with Impact? Yeah, I won't rule that out. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you 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 got to expect that she's probably going to join her husband in WWE. Yeah. But I think AEW would need her. I think AEW needs oh, yeah. Taya Valkyrie. I think it would make a huge difference in that women's division. I mean, obviously, we saw some of the antics on the women's match this past week on Dynamite. So someone like Taya Valkyrie would be a huge difference maker on AEW. But I think she's signing with the WWE. Yeah, man. If I was AEW, I'd open the checkbook. I'd be like, listen, what do you want? What can we do for you? Uh, listen, we need the help. Come here. Uh, you know, and if I'm her, I'm looking at... You see, it's tough for somebody like like her. And I said the same thing for Tessa Blanchard, too, because it's like, okay, you look at the AEW women's division. Obviously, it's not as good as it should be. But do you look at that as like, I could go there and help that and be a star there and help build it and to make it into something good? Or do I look at like, wow, the endless amount of possibilities if I go to the WWE, man, there's Sasha Banks, there's Bailey, there's Charlotte, there's... I mean, God, like the, the, the best women's division in Rhea the world. Rhea Ripley, Asuka, NXT, yeah. Right, right. So if you're like somebody like Taya, like what what's going through your mind? So you really can't fault her for going to the WWE because it's probably a better option. But yeah, if I'm AEW, I'm making a huge play for her. And yeah, I mean, the fact that Morrison is back in the WWE, I just feel like that's, you know, a likely destination. I think she'd probably start in NXT. Um yeah, I don't see her signing with Impact again. Like you said, would I rule it out? No, but she's already the longest reigning knockouts champion. She's already done everything there. I mean, what's really, I mean, listen, people leave Impact. It happens all the time. People do good things in Impact and then they leave. Nobody really, I mean, there's a very select few people who are loyal to Impact Wrestling. And I just, I know Sammy Callahan just signed a new deal with Impact. Yeah, he loves it there. But I just feel like somebody like Taya, man, like, I don't know, I feel like Callahan has more to offer there still. What is, mm-hmm. what is, what is Taya going to do? Yeah, Taya, Taya's done it all at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. All right, dude. Let's talk about the, the most controversial one oh, that we got on this list. Um, so listen. Uh, Leo, Leo's such a troll. Okay, so Ring of Honor did come. There was some news that came out with Ring of Honor this week. They did re-sign a couple people. Uh, Bandito sticking with Ring of Honor. And there was a couple other uh, talents that signed new deals with Ring of Honor. Uh Marty Scurll, though, and Ring of Honor parted ways after all of this speculation of them kind of not even mentioning Marty, taking it off the Ring of Honor website. That deal, that deal, It's done. Marty's yep. done. So me and my wacky mind, right? Now, listen, Marty has a lot of dirt. There's no way of hiding it. There's a right. lot of, you know, shit that comes with the Marty name at yep. this point, right? I was like, man, you know, when I was watching New Year's Dash, I was expecting like some type of promo, Marty. I ain't gonna lie. I was. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking like, okay, Jay White is gonna take this hiatus. We don't know what's going on with him. What if like the Bullet Club just turn on, on White and Marty's revealed as the new leader? Like I was. That's what I was thinking in my mind. Because oh New Japan doesn't care, right? Like, right. Like New Japan is not like subscribed to like the Speaking Out movement and all that stuff. And and for the record, when I'm saying all this. I'm not condoning the stuff that Marty did. I'm just, yeah. I'm just right now fantasy booking right now. Like, logistically, New Japan doesn't, you know, and that's just, I guess, Japanese culture in general. They're just not viewing things 
uh, when it comes to certain stuff the way maybe you and I view them. Okay, right. they're not in tune with everything that's you know with the specifics and everything right. like different so things was, that go on. So my mind was wandering. It was like, yo, what if Marty's fucking in Japan right now and this guy yeah. like, you <laughs> leader of the Bullet Club? <laughs> you know, he has Bullet Club ties. Like, yeah. why not? Right? I don't think AEW is gonna touch this guy. There's nope. no way, no nope. way. Tony Khan wants nothing to do with Marty. Maybe and I don't blame him before, but not now. Yeah. WWE, on the other hand. <laughs> I would not be shocked oh, yeah. if they was to sign Marty. What do you think the future of Marty is here? Because I don't think he's canceled in, in wrestling. I think at some point this guy's going to be signed somewhere. <laughs> I don't think – I just don't – I can't picture this guy not wrestling again. Yeah, if, it would be a damn shame if he never wrestled again, let me tell you. I mean, what a, what a huge downfall. I mean, it, his career is already a huge downfall, but – you know, and, and for the record, he still gets a congratulations, but I just think yes. he's going to wrestle again. Yeah, man, it's either New Japan or WWE, like uh, like you said. I mean, uh, where they don't care, or I, I maybe I don't want to say don't care, but they kind of overlook a, a, and give a little leeway to some of these guys. That it's like, you know, uh, I mean, look at how many people in the WWE that had speaking out allegations against them. Velveteen Dream, Austin Theory being two of them, and they've been featured in prominent roles on NXT TV well, after well, like, that. Let me tell you, the downfall of Vel- Velveteen Dream has been atrocious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Austin Theory ain't too far behind either. We could talk about that after, but I you know, I have some thoughts on Austin Theory, too, and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I have a feeling WWE is going to pick him up eventually. I really, oh. really do. I, I, don't, I don't think AEW, like you said, is going to even look in his direction. They want nothing to do with that. And, and kudos to them. I, no, no doubt, like, I don't blame them. I don't think they should. They don't need him, okay? He's not, you know, at one point I was like, yes, he's a complete game changer. But right now, AEW is doing more than just fine. They don't need Marty Skrull. I don't sit there and watch AEW thinking, oh, wow, you know who would be really good on the show? Marty Skrull. No, okay? Maybe a few years ago, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's either New Japan or WWE. I feel like a part of me is like, yeah, his career is over. But part of me is like, nah, he could always rejuvenate his career and uh, make people forget about this. And, um, you know, put it aside, put it to rest. And, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how long he's going to be a free agent for. But, yeah, I have a feeling he'll pop up somewhere. And it's either going to be those two destinations, WWE or uh, or New Japan, for sure. I, I think, listen, when it comes to Marty, I think we're all going to look at him differently, no matter what he does. Yeah. But I, I, I just, not that, because I, I think the, the what he did was terrible, but. I just think we need to hear from him, like, yes, yeah. like, uh, like maybe on 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 Talk Is Jericho or something, where he just kind of, kind of like, kind of like when CM Punk went on on uh, Cole Cabana's podcast and he just aired his grievances. Right now, obviously, that was something completely different. But yeah. I just think we need to hear from the guy and just, you know, I, I'm sure that he's not. I'm sure this is taking a toll on him, rightfully so, because he's the one that did it. Yeah. But I think at some point we just need to hear this guy and just see what the hell he has to say. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he's innocent, but there's always two sides to every story, you know. So things mm-hmm. that come out. I mean, he did put out a statement on Twitter, but but, um, but, but he that he gets a congratulation for that because yeah. that statement was terrible. Right, right. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, like I said, I don't want to get into the whole thing again. Right, right. And right, what right, he did right. is not, you know, we don't condone that at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to take a lot, but I do think it's possible that he could you know, his career could take off once again. 
like I said, it's just going to be tough to watch, man, because like you said, you just can't really look at these guys the same exact way. You know, like I, I don't know that this might be a little petty, but like, you know, when all this stuff came out, man, I got rid of my villain club shirts, man. Like I got rid of all nah, that shit. Nah. Like, I, I'm in the like, same boat too. I can't even, I, I can't even look at, at a, at a, at a Marty shirt or anything like that. Like, no. dude, I, my French bulldog is named after him. Marty. Really? Oh my God. Yeah, My, my French bulldog is named Marty. So, you know, the joke on the show is like, at least we'll still have Marty McFly, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. But, oh, but man. Dude, like, shame, I, man. I, I, like, I, like, I've had drinks with this guy. Like, Marty's like, was a very, he's a very cool dude. And then all this shit comes out. It's just like, fuck, man. But dude, at the same I know. time, it, it, you know, when all this was coming out, like, I was telling people, just because we're fans of these people, we don't know them. So we don't oh, know, know what they really are about and what they are in their private life. Yeah, no, I know, dude. I couldn't imagine if, like, it was one of my favorite favorite wrestlers, like Kenny Omega, my all time favorite. Like, if he if he came out with this man, like, that would kill oh. me because of all these years of supporting him and and dude, all the things I, all the merchandise, everything that I, dude, they would just kill me. So I can't imagine like a diehard Marty Skrull fans. And like, I was a pretty big fan, but I wasn't diehard. Uh, he wasn't my favorite favorite wrestler. But man, that's that's just gotta suck because it's just like, how do you ever support this guy ever again? Like, dude, I was and, I was legit down i was me sad too. Me too. when this and, came out with marty because i'm like dude wow, and then i saw man. will osprey was in that conversation too at that one point which mm-hmm. you know thank god that would that was yeah that, that, love, that um that cleared up it was something completely yeah different. but i was like holy shit marty and will i was like dude this is killing me today but like yeah listen he did it to himself nobody to blame but himself and you know mm-hmm. unfortunately that is what it is and he has to deal with the consequences i don't think it's going to be major consequences because i think it's going to work out just fine like you said Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like I said, only time will tell. I don't know uh, how long it's going to be, but all right, let's, uh, let's just, uh, go real quick on some NXT stuff. And then after that, we're going to laugh a bit, but <laughs> so <with> NXT, <laughs> okay. right. So NXT, we got Finn Balor, O'Reilly too. I thought this match was great, but I don't think it was better than their first one. Their mm-hmm. first one to me, it made our top 10 list of matches of the year. That's how good oh, the yeah. first one was this match. Good, but just not great. I do like how it was commercial free though. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they, when they, you know, put big title matches on TV like that, even though they had the picture in picture for like things like Kenny and Phoenix, dude, I, I don't know. I don't watch the picture in picture, man. That, that's like, I, I leave the room to go do something and come back and you know, things happen. It's the rough. picture in picture it's rough to watch are really not that important. Yeah. It's yeah. So I was, the picture in picture. so I was glad they gave it commercial free, but yeah, hundred percent did not live up to the first match. And usually the second matches don't really live up to the original. The original is always uh, yeah, hard to top. So uh, unless but, you're Omega and Okada. Oh yeah, that's true. That's one of a kind. That's a um, rare, a rare example. Um, to me, the match of the night was Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Man, Raquel, uh, I have so much praise for Raquel because she's just transformed her her in ring ability. It's just fucking amazing. And and a lot of people, um, late in in 2020, late 2020, was like, oh, she's the breakout star of the year. Like, no, let, okay, while well, she's amazing and, and she's and she's been turning the tide and she's been performing great. Yes. But she wasn't like this all year. Like she just started getting hot towards the no, tail yeah. end of 2020. Like we're not just going to automatically be like, Oh, she's a breakout star of the year. Now, could she potentially be one of the elite women in WWE this year? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think this match was so much fun. All, you know, less woman standing. So a bunch of shenanigans going to the backstage area. Ripley, basically like spearing Raquel through the glass door. I thought that was a really cool spot. And, mm-hmm. and then um, Dakota Kai coming out after that. She's getting locked in, in the locker. Getting locked in the locker. Like, oh, my God, so freaking hilarious. 
Uh, great table spot too, where where Rhea climbed up and 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 did um, you know, a um, a flip onto her or whatever you want right. to call it. And a uh, great spot there. And I thought the ending was great too, where they both went through the entrance yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on on the stage right through. And obviously Raquel Gonzalez needed the win at this point. This you know, I think the last time I was on the show too, or not the last time, but one of the uh, last few times we talked about how. Rhea and um, EO, that was probably Rhea's swan song in NXT, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. This needs to be right here because this she needs to go out and she needs to leave. Um, this was the perfect ending to the Raquel Rhea rivalry, and now Rhea just needs to go up and to the main roster and, and do something else because I just can't see what else is left for her to do there. I don't think we see Rhea Ripley I th- for a while, and I think we see her. I think she's got to be in the Rumble, she has to be in the Rumble, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking maybe, um. You know, this whole Charlotte and Asuka thing, right? Like, does this lead to Charlotte eventually taking the title off of Asuka sometime before Mania? And then, like, Rhea Ripley challenging Charlotte to kind of get her win back from last year's Mania? I mean, I don't know. I was kind of thinking something along the lines of that. Like, you can immediately place Rhea Ripley back into a huge storyline with Charlotte and basically kind of continue what was, you know, really kind of unfinished there mm-hmm. and kind of make things right because Rhea has obviously never been the same since that loss. She lost so right. much momentum. She's gaining it back now, but I just feel like that would really just put her over the top and make her an immediate top star and just really just, like I said, everything that happened last year would kind of be pushed under the rug. So I was Do you know what's funny? I, I, didn't even think, I didn't even think about that, of the potential of, of – maybe Rhea winning the Rumble and somehow Charlotte taking the belt from Oscar. Like, you know, seeing Oscar and Charlotte, I'm just thinking like, oh, they're probably going to have a match at Mania for the title and Oscar's going to get a win back. That's what it I thought, could you be, know, yeah. from, that could be from what was it, WrestleMania 34, Four. where yeah. Charlotte defeated Asuka and, you know, for the ending the streak. Yeah. But now, I'm that, that would be a pretty good idea, you know, having Rhea potentially win the Rumble and challenging charlotte for the title if if you know to get her win back i think that would be a great yeah. story yeah yeah that's just kind of what i was spitballing in my head there i was like wow watching Rhea lose there and again seeing this whole oscar charlotte thing i mean yeah it could be leading to what you what you said too but honestly like we've seen that so many times uh mm-hmm. oscar and, and charlotte who wants to see that again i mean again they put on great matches mm-hmm. but man just like the storyline the build like i just don't care like we've seen it way too much now like the the Rhea Ripley, like, redemption story, that's a hell of a lot better story to me, in my opinion. And, and kind of going back to what you said, too, on how, like, sometimes matches don't live up to the first one. To me, Charlotte and Asuka, that year of Mania was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best matches, not even that night, but one of the best matches all year. Um, yeah, when it comes to, I agree. So, ever since that match, like, they haven't, they've had good matches, but it was never quite as great as that one. Yeah. No, totally. And and like I said, what makes you think they're going to have another? I'm sure they're going to have another good one if they fight at Mania. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, again, it's just not special because we've seen that match already a bunch of times. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's so many different scenarios, but that's just kind of me fantasy booking a little bit. We'll see what happens. Well, talk about things that are not and not special. Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. You want to talk about legends being fucking wasted. Listen, the legends did not play any factor whatsoever on the show. The whole show is so forgettable. We knew that. We knew that. Right. Keith Lee and McIntyre did put on a great match. I think this is the best Keith Lee has looked since being moved on to the main roster, in my opinion. 
Um, yeah. McIntyre was a great dancing partner with him. It also it goes to show you how much McIntyre is an in-ring general now, because you can yeah. tell a lot of the stuff he was calling in the match. I thought the match was great. That was pretty much the highlight of Raw. And oh, yeah. then, out of nowhere, we hear Goldberg's music. Oh, and you're like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me right now. So these rumors started coming out saying that they, that we we're going to get Roman and Goldberg or whatever. And instead, now we're going to get McIntyre and, Ma- and McIntyre and Goldberg. And then Goldberg cuts a promo, which in theory, you're like, you're cutting it on the wrong guy. Should be cutting it on Randy Orton, <laughs> not fucking McIntyre. McIntyre's the guy that is fucking posing with legends like Hogan backstage and fucking right. always praises legends. Like, like this guy was sticking up for like Michaels and Flair and Christian and Big Show over the summer. And now it's like Goldberg has a beef with McIntyre because apparently McIntyre doesn't respect legends. I know. It makes no sense. No. I mean, a lot of things in WWE don't make sense, but this one is just like mind boggling. I mean, the reasoning you're sitting there, you're like, huh? Like, like, what is he talking about? Like, this makes no sense. And like, and like you said, too, like, we're all sitting here thinking he's going to challenge Roman Reigns, which is like what was rumored and. Um, he even called him out too yeah. on the bump show a few months ago. He's like, Roman, you're next, or whatever. It's just like, oh, Jesus, we know where this is heading. It, ju- it just goes to show you, too, about when uh, during Survivor Series, when Roman and McIntyre were doing that promo, Roman goes, like, You're a secondary title holder. They give you the stuff that I choose not to do. It just goes <laughs> yeah. to show you how much of how much truth is behind that. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's. It's comical that this guy pops up every single time around this time of the year. He just pops up again to screw something up. No champion around this time is ever safe because here comes Goldberg. Good old Bill coming to screw something up. Here we go. Here we go. Now everybody wants to say that he's going to lose to Drew McIntyre. Dude, how could you put that down as a guarantee because I am never going to bet against, I'm not going to bet at all, but like if I was betting man against Goldberg, I would never bet against him because man, I don't put anything past Vince. And I actually said something funny. Actually, I don't really tweet too much on the wrestle radar uh, Twitter, but I had to just, I, I don't know. I just felt like tweeting on it uh, Monday. So I, I put up a tweet that said, watch Goldberg lose to Drew McIntyre only to enter the Royal Rumble at number 30, win, get on the microphone and say, Roman Reigns, you're next. Dude, I would laugh my fucking ass <laughs> And honestly, I'm not putting that past Vince to do. I really am not. How funny would that be if Goldberg challenges for the WWE title at Royal Rumble and then the Universal title at, at WrestleMania? I wouldn't be shocked. And you know what? I feel like Goldberg gets sometimes a bad, bad flag from the IWC because... I think Goldberg does mean well. The problem with the problem is the booking. They the booking WWE does with Goldberg. WWE had one job back in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, when he faced uh, Brock at Survivor Series. Yeah. Get Goldberg that win, and that's it. If you wanted to give him an appearance at the Rumble, cool. And then we could have probably gotten the return match between Brock at and Goldberg at WrestleMania without the title. It did not need the title. Right, right. I didn't even mind that he had that he had a match that WrestleMania right. 33, but I just didn't want the title involved. But no, they put the title on Goldberg. You screw KO, and in my opinion, KO has never been the same since that loss until 
his feud right now with, with Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. I he has that. not been – KO has never been the same after that loss. So you screw KO, you put the title on Goldberg, and now you have the audience that was behind Goldberg have a sour taste in his in their mouth. Like, like, dude, when Goldberg returned, everybody wanted him. Everybody loved yeah. seeing Goldberg. You go back and watch that Survivor Series <laughs> match with Brock, it was perfect. That's how you book Goldberg. Yeah. But you don't overdo it. And WWE has this problem where they continue to overdo shit. And what is it? Uh, four years, five years later, not only has Goldberg hasn't left, he's still around. And he's been world champion twice. I know. I know. I know. Listen, I don't want to see Goldberg at all. But at least if he's not in world title matches, I could tolerate it. Like, you know, at SummerSlam when he faced Dolph Ziggler. Stupid. Had no purpose on that show. I don't care. I don't pop. I don't read. I, I don't go nuts for Goldberg like some people do. I, I don't enjoy seeing him. But, like, that's fine. Like, I'd rather see him in that type of role than going for a world title and, and killing, killing young guys with so much momentum along the way. He literally is there from Royal Rumble time to WrestleMania time. Boom, we don't see him anymore. It's the same exact thing where it's, like, with Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. Every single time... You know, in the beginning of the year, he comes around to screw somebody's momentum up. And who is it going to be this year? It's either going to be McIntyre or Roman Reigns. I don't know. I'd be honestly shocked if he faced Drew, lost, and then faced Roman and lost. Because this just this is screaming for him to hold another championship to walk into WrestleMania with. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I like I said, I'm not putting anything past Vince. And then, listen, to all you idiots out there that are tweeting about how old, but you're okay with AEW having Sting. Dude, not shut up. Shut up. Not it's the not the same. Thing. It is not the same thing. It's totally different. It's so irrelevant. Sting does not, he's not coming in here to win world championships. People go, oh, how do you know that? Because I just know that. I know Tony Khan. I know the guys involved. They know what they're doing. He's not coming in to win championships off of Darby Allen. Okay? But Goldberg Comes in, he beats Kevin Owens, he beats the Fiend. Who's next? Who's next? Pun intended. It's not even. You can't even c- compare it because us as a uh, as an AEW fan, us as AEW fans, we want more with Sting. Like we want more story. We want to the point where it's like we want some more substance with Sting because we don't know what's going on with it. When you have a, a guy like Goldberg, we don't even want to see him on our TV. Right, right. I know. Yeah, it's God, man. Uh, I I don't think I could have. I think I did the Undertaker roll of my eyes when I heard his music on Monday oh, Night, man. And, and, and I can't even roll my eyes in the back of my head like that. But, man, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, <laughs> and it, really. And it bothers me because I'm like, man, back in 2016 when this guy returned, everybody was popping. Yeah, now, I was happy it's like to you, see him. Huh? I was, was happy that? to see him. I'm not even right. a fan and, of him, but now, I was happy to see him. It, now it's like, oh, why is this guy in my TV? So oh, I'm going to be a Sam here. I'm going to be a Sam here. And I'm going to be like, let's hypothetically try to figure this out, right? So I'm going to be a Sam here and try to clean this up, okay? Because okay, Sam cool. is a master of cleaning shit up, right? <laughs> so <luck>. hypothetically <laughs> speaking, right, let's say – oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. But let's say <laughs> Goldberg beats Drew, which I don't want it to happen. I, no. I don't want it to happen. How can we make this right? How can we make this right? <laughs> Somehow Goldberg beats Drew for the title. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm like, I think there's a way we could clean this up. All right. Now this Let's might be it. a reach, but All I think right. there's a way. So I've been I've been saying for the longest since Drew and Roman had that match as a Revival Series. That's the match I want to see at, at WrestleMania. For the okay. universal title. I think if we're not going to get Rock, which we're not going to get Rock and mm-hmm. Roman, 
But if there's going to be any guy that beats Roman, I think it should be Drew. I think he's the perfect guy. So how do we get to that story, right? Right. Hypothetically speaking, Goldberg just beat Drew. I think there's a way where maybe Drew doesn't even have to win the Rumble. Maybe he wins like an Elimination Chamber or something, or he somehow gets involved on SmackDown. There's somehow you could tell the story there. Or you could have him win the Rumble again. Who knows? Mm -hmm. We don't know yet, right? But now Goldberg is champion. What can we do with Goldberg? How we make this right? You have Kevin Owens win the Rumble and challenge Goldberg. And the redemption story is, I've never been the same since the higher-ups made me drop the title to you. Nobody wants to see you here. You have been taking people's um, paydays and and Mm -hmm. burying people. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants you here. And I'm going to be the guy that puts you in your grave. Perfect. That's the story writes itself. They don't even have to put in the effort to write the story because it's right there, right in front of them. Perfect. I'd be, I'd be hundred percent down for that. The, the unfortunate thing is, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen, dude. I'd be so down. But if it but, was to happen, I think that's the way to th- make things right. Oh, uh, dude. If Goldberg were to win the championship and then drop it to somebody like Kevin Owens or, you know, somebody who's coming for redemption. And I'm not even going to say she dropped it to somebody like Braun Strowman. Cause like, no. I just didn't care. Like somebody who could benefit from it. Then. All right. I guess, you know, whatever they beat Goldberg for the championship. <laughs> like, all right. Make things but, right KO. I think, I think dude, Kevin I Owens mean, is the perfect guy. Listen, I am salivating at the fact of Kevin Owens could possibly be a, a world champion again, man. He was, like I said, he did, He even said it himself that he didn't enjoy his first run as champion. And I mean, I did enjoy his run as champion, but I, I just feel so. like ever since it law it, the way it ended, like the way it did, just left a sour taste in my mouth. I can't. I can't look he back ne- at the he's rain. Never been, he's never been the same until yeah. the Roman Reigns program. He's never been the same after that loss to Goldberg. Never. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, hey, that's like I said. That that's that would be the way to do it. I I completely agree with that. Also, too, another silver lining in this, it's like, okay, Goldberg getting the match at Royal Rumble for the title means, well, let's hope so. Let's hope, let's hope it doesn't mean what I, what I said before, but hopefully it means he doesn't compete in the Royal Rumble match, so that way he can't win the Rumble. But who's to say he still can't end up facing <laughs> Roman Reigns? You know, like, they can do whatever they want. Oh. But I'm just like, okay, maybe he's getting the title. Maybe, it's, maybe he's not going to be at WrestleMania. Maybe this is one and done, but it's, it's not going to be one and done. I just, I have a feeling it's not going to be. And, uh, you know, it's just another example of they just can't, they just don't know how to build new stars. They don't know how to give guys who deserve it an opportunity on a big stage at a big four pay-per-view like the Royal Rumble. You know, and I don't know who who I would, who I would have given the title match to uh, if it's not Goldberg, but I could think of, I'm sure there's guys that are more deserving than Goldberg is, obviously. I mean, you could have held off on the Keith Lee match. Maybe held off that until the Rumble. Heck, I'd even, I'd even, I'd rather see Sheamus against Drew McIntyre at the Rumble. Looks like they were building towards that. Why don't you just do that? Why is this match happening? I don't know. No, no clue. Uh, no clue. All right, let's talk about other questionable things that happened yeah. on WWE this week. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed SmackDown. I, I, I thought yeah, SmackDown was show. a great show. Great show. Uh, I'm totally behind the Dirty Dogs, Robert Roode. Dolph Ziggler, totally behind them as tag team champions. Hopefully, they put some some something. They hopefully they hold the titles for a while. Hopefully, they put some 
prestige back in those titles. And that's not shitting on the Street Profits because I like them. But they really have – the second they moved to SmackDown, they haven't really done much with those titles. Yeah, yeah. Ever since they won them, even when they were on Raw, they really haven't done much with them. And, you know, it's not really their fault. They don't have any competition, you know. Right. And that's what sucks now, too, is, like, these two teams are, like, the only two tag teams on SmackDown. So it's like they kind of had to give the titles to Ziggler and Rude to just kind of keep this feud going. And Because, again, who else are these guys going to really feud with? They really need to unify the tag titles and just yeah, have totally. tag, tag champions go to any show. Like, they really need to yeah. do that because there's no purpose of having Raw tag champs and then SmackDown tag champs. I'm cool with the Universal and World titles. I'm cool with that. But yeah. the tag championships, like, that, that should, they should just unify them already. I agree because then, then they bring up tag teams from NXT and then they break them up really quickly. It's just like they don't have enough. They never – they could have a lot, but they just decided to, you know, do away with certain guys. and. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yeah, it's just there's no competition. It, it just, it's just terrible divisions. All right, so let's talk about the main event, which was uh, it took off like almost half the show. That's how yeah. the gauntlet match. Um, so going into this, right when I saw the graphic where it was like Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, uh, Baron Corbin, Nakamura, and who was the other one? Sami Zayn, uh, Daniel Bryan, it, Nakamura. Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, yeah, yeah. Right. When I saw the graphic, I'm like, man, I hope Nakamura wins. Like, yeah. <laughs> visually, I didn't, listen, and I didn't take myself seriously when I said it, but I'm like, because I'm just such a big fan of Nakamura, right? Like, I'm, too, I'm wearing yeah. a shirt purposely for today, today's show, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm such a fan of Nakamura. Like, I, his booking in WWE has just been terrible. They, they, they just... They just don't know how to book this guy. I'm not talking about his NXT run. His NXT run was cool. But yeah. it's just, man, it's like at one point when Nakamura was in NXT, I would make the argument that he was the most charismatic guy in the whole fucking company without saying a word. That's how good Nakamura yeah. was. So, yeah. like, when I saw the graphic, I'm like, yo, I'm rooting for my boy Nakamura, right? So it was Nakamura and Ray, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope Nakamura wins. And I, th- I was talking to Sam, by the way. Like, we were messaging back and forth. And – Yo, Nakamura goes over. So I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, right? Then we get Baron Corbin um, and Nakamura. And by the way, they screwed over Sami Zayn. Like, Sami Zayn wasn't yeah. even involved. They screwed yeah. him over, right? So we see Nakamura. By the way, Nakamura's, like, looking great because he's, like, having a great showing, right? Yeah. Like, this best, is the best he's looked in a seen, while. Right. This is the best we've seen Nakamura as a singles act, like, in, in, I, I, in years probably because, you know, he's getting some time and he's working these dudes. He beats Baron Corbin. I'm like, yo, this guy. We're gonna get now Daniel. I'm thinking like, yo, we're gonna get Daniel Bryan Nakamura like in a 20 minute classic. That's what I'm yeah. thinking, right? They're being the shit out of each other. Very stiff. It wasn't a 20 minute classic, but Nakamura wins. I'm like, oh, yo. <laughs> so then we get a handshake between Nakamura and Daniel Bryan, and I'm like, yo, are they rebuilding this guy? Like, is this guy turning face all of a sudden? And I'm like, man, I'm like. Yo, they're putting some steam behind this guy. Out comes Roman, right? Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And I totally forgot that Paul Heyman weaseled his ways of booking Adam Pierce in this match, right? Yeah. So Adam Pierce comes out. And I'm like, what are they going to do here, right? So Roman and Jade starts late. They put in the brakes on my man Nakamura, right? So I'm like, yeah. oh, no, right? They're beating the shit out of them. And. They beat the shit out of Adam Pierce, and then they just kind of lay Adam Pierce on top of Nakamura. And now, Adam Pierce, the 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 authority backstage on both shows, is now going to be challenging Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. Now, 
No disrespect to Adam Pierce, because in his heyday, he was a great worker. He is a sure. former NWA world champion. So I'm not trying to discredit Adam Pierce as a performer, but he hasn't wrestled in six years. And what's the purpose of us getting this story between Roman and Adam Pierce? Like, I, even if you listen to commentary back in this gauntlet match, I think Vince uh, like uh, fed a line to Michael Cole saying like, oh, Adam Pierce was never good enough to, to wrestle in the WWE <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what a piece of shit Vince is to, <laughs> to throw that line in there. Um, now, listen, who knows? This might actually be a good match. Like, I'm, I'm, this potentially could be a good match, but like, what's the point of us getting this match? I have a feeling this is not going to be a match. I have a feeling it's going to end up being Roman and Kevin Owens. I just, when I didn't see KO in the mix here, now I know how it ended the week before where, you know, he got put through a table, right, by Roman or, or no, he, he got he got thrown off the, the top of the Thunderdome thing or whatever it was. So I was like, okay, you know, yeah, he's not just going to come out and, he, you know, I guess he's not going to be involved in this, but it's kind of weird because that's like the story right there. So like, why are you looking for a new number one contender for Roman right now? And then I'm looking at the the field and I'm like, all right, it's got to be Daniel Bryan. I said, uh, the match I want at WrestleMania is Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Right. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're getting in at rumble. I guess. All right, fine. We'll, we'll get it at some point. So I, I, I said to myself, well, this only solidifies Goldberg and Roman at, at, at WrestleMania. Great. Then when Daniel Bryan don't win, I'm like, Oh my God. And as soon as I see, like, I wish I could have been enjoying the Nakamura, uh, you know, wins as much as you were, because I didn't forget about Adam Pierce. I knew there was a reason. There had to be a reason that he was going on last, and there had to be a reason he was involved in this in the first place. And I had a feeling we were going to get some fuckery like this. I knew it was too good to be true. I said, why would Nakamura come out of the woodworks out of nowhere? and just have this amazing showing, and all of a sudden become number one contender to Roman Reigns when he's still in a program with Kevin Owens, and Nakamura is literally losing to Otis two weeks ago. I said, uh, how does this even make sense? Don't remind me, bro. I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know. But, like, it is interesting, though, because maybe they are trying to rebuild Nakamura here. If, the, if, no. if Daniel, like, I just feel like Daniel Bryan should be ahead of Nakamura in potentially facing Roman Reigns. He's already teased it. He wants to win the Royal Rumble, this and that. I find it odd they didn't do what they did with Nakamura to Brian instead. You know, have Brian go over Nakamura, which it still would have been an amazing showing from Nakamura because he looked fantastic and he was winning left, you know, winning with his arm bar, you know, just freaking. Dude, let me tell you something. The showing Nakamura had on Friday, right? If it was fun, if it was in front of a live crowd, in my opinion, and I could be totally wrong here, in my opinion, I think we could have gotten a movement going. Like, like, yeah. kind of like Brian, Kofi, and Becky, like that type of movement. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the fans would have gave him a standing ov- ovation, and maybe not to the point where Nakamura is going to get a world title shot at Mania, but I think to the point where he'll be taken seriously again mm-hmm. and be maybe upper mid card, close to that main event level again. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think if there was an audience, I think the crowd and th- there there would have been a movement going behind this guy. And isn't it funny too how we can go from one minute saying this guy is completely buried in WWE and then they just do something in one night that gets like his momentum going again and, and, and it was something where it's like he's, he's going to be building steam. Like, you know, I just feel like, and I know like we're prone to say this because the WWE has done this one too many times, but it's like 
sometimes it just takes something like this to get somebody going, you know, like somebody like Ricochet, for example, has just been just destroyed by this awful booking, right? How could he recover from this? Well, he can, if they just booked him right for one week or, and make him do something like Nakamura did have him run a gauntlet or, or something like that. Boom. Instantly. He just, he could take off again. You just never know. So let's hope this is the start of something good for Nakamura because man, I just miss watching him and being like, man, like this guy is so freaking cool, man. Like I, I used to just, look at him and just be like, wow, he's, he's freaking awesome. He's got the swagger. He's got, he just oozes cool. Right. And now, and then he was on my TV with, you know, team with Cesaro and, and God, I was just like, I don't even want to see this guy anymore. And I can't believe I'm saying this, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, but going back to the original point with Adam Pierce, I would, I'm like I said, I'd be shocked, but I don't know. I really don't think this is going to, hold up to be the match at the Royal Rumble. I, I just, I don't think it makes sense. Like I said, the Kevin Owens story is still there. I don't think it ended. So like, if we don't get that match at the Royal Rumble, where do we get it? You know, we, we, we get it sometime before WrestleMania. Like that wouldn't make sense. So like, I just feel like it's itching for Kevin Owens to come back and, and just be like, you know, listen, you had to screw over Nakamura because you're too scared to face somebody, you know, other than Adam Pierce, I don't know. Right. They could they could pull some strings right. or something. I would just be shocked. And yeah, I mean, will the match be bad? I don't know. I mean, Adam Pierce can go. I feel bad shitting on this match because I don't want it to take away, like you said, with me shitting on Adam Pierce. I'm not. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> just something. It's like it's just like we just want as a fan base is like, why are we getting this? And I know some jack off that listens to this or whatever is gonna be like, yeah, let the story play out. But this is a story that we're not. This is a story that we're not really subscribed to. Like, why yeah, all of a sudden I mean, Adam Pierce, which is a guy that they just started using his name like on camera, like before it would just be like, oh, uh, you know, authority figure or whatever, blah 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 blah. They've been acknowledging Adam Pierce by his, you know, name. In the last couple of months, you get what I'm saying? Like it just yeah. came out of the blue. He's so almost become like, like a general manager, sort of. Right. Like, out of both nowhere. shows at that. So it's like it's just not a story that it's it's just it just raises a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, the way they've been doing this whole Roman and, and Jey Uso story and SmackDown as a whole has been excellent. You know, I guess let's see how it plays out. Huh. But right now, I mean, you look at the two. <laughs> world title matches at the royal rumble i mean what a it's, freaking it's joke, such a you know? joke it's almost like they said well we're not having fans so we're not going all in on having these top championship matches so let's just half-ass this shit it's almost like they don't care you know it's almost like they really just don't care about the rumble they just want to get it over with and move on it's, it's, just it's like, funny because it's funny you say that because i was i was looking at the at the graphics too you know how WWE puts on the graphics like oh this is gonna be yeah. for the world title or whatever and i was and i'm like it, you know, forget about like the, the Goldberg and Drew for a second, but like even with Pierce and Roman, I looked at the graphic and I'm like, are they fucking serious right now? I'm like, <laughs> this doesn't even get me excited. Like, you know, when you see the graphics for like Wrestle Kingdom, like the ma- just looking at the graphic yeah. alone gets you excited, right? Yeah, yeah. You look at this Royal Rumble graphic, you know, and, and like, like it's like you said too, I'm not trying to disrespect Adam Pierce, but you look at this graphic between Pierce and Roman, you're like, what are they doing, man? <laughs> I know. It looks like somebody photoshopped it and WWE put it up on their website like as a joke. Like, because it just doesn't look like something that's real. Really. Yeah. I mean, like, I just I would love to know like how the meetings go, right? Like with the creative team. Like they actually sit there and I'm sure they all have to like so- come to some sort of agreement on like 
where storylines are going to go, what matches to book here and there. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting where somebody said, let's book Adam Pierce to be in the, in the universal title match. And everybody's like, Oh, good idea. Let's book it. And Vince is like, that's such good shit. Like I would just love to see how that all played out because I don't know how anybody in the higher ups could look at this and be like, that right there is a top world title match for the Royal Rumble, baby. Let's kick off the road to WrestleMania and the kick off the new year of 2021, the first SmackDown show and the first Raw show to end with what we got. Complete embarrassment compared to everything else that happened that week with Wrestle Kingdom to AEW and the Bullet Club. And so, Jesus. so, um, man. <laughs> so, I, you know, back to the whole Nakamura thing real quick. <laughs> Listen, it, it got me really excited seeing this guy, man. This is a great showing that he had. And I'm like, yo, I hope I hope that they do something with them. Like we build them something, right? So I'm 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 watching and, and you know, I rewatched it and I'm just like, oh, Nakamura looks so great. And I did a couple posts on uh, on IG about it and I'm thinking, man, w- w- what do they do with him now, right? So they did announce that he's going to be facing Jey Uso next week on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. that should be a great match and hopefully Nakamura goes over and that builds up some steam. But going back to what I said earlier on the show, everything happens by design, right? Nakamura had a great showing on the week of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ah, yeah. So that's then true. the second I, 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 you know, realized that, I'm like, maybe Nakamura's not going to get pushed. So <laughs> I, I was kind of disappointed. So I went on the, I went on New Japan World and watched Nakamura versus AJ from 2016. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like, oh man, of course. Of course, WWE is also going to try to capitalize on Wrestle Kingdom. And, hey, let's give Nakamura a great, a great showing. That's funny. I actually didn't think about that until right now. Yeah, that is that is that's something that that is. But um, you know, yeah, he's facing Jey Uso. So like, you think like he's part of the story now, right? Like he's integrated into this feud with or the story with Roman and Jey Uso. So it's just like. Where does he go? You know, like does he beat Jay Uso or does he lose to to Uso? Because like, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, like looking. So looking, and this is all hypothetical, right? Because I guess depending on who wins the Rumble, right, we'll we'll figure out what title is going to be challenged. Of right? course, well, yeah. what the the person is going to challenge, whether it's for the Universal or the World, um, and then you have the option for Chamber on who faces Roman, right? Or maybe yeah. Roman defends the title at the Elimination Chamber. Like we <laughs> we don't know. So, like, I, I, I would not be surprised if, if, whether it's for the title or not, at the Chamber, we get a match with Brian, KO, Nakamura, and two other mm-hmm. competitors. Maybe Baron Corbin, Mysterio. I don't know. I, I would not be surprised at And maybe a guy like Nakamura gets a showing like Kofi. Not saying that he's going to go for the title at Mania, but maybe you start rebuilding him like that. I don't know. Yeah, well, that well, that's where I mean Kofi's uh, steam really uh, built up before Mania, right? He had that good showing in the Elimination Chamber against Daniel Bryan. I think they were the uh, the, the final two, and that's what mm-hmm. everybody wanted Kofi to win that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just again, like like you said, he doesn't need to get the the championship match. Just make this guy feel important again, you know. Just just make him feel like a star, you know. Separate him from Cesaro. Don't put him in a tag team showcase him as the singles guy that he should be. And mm-hmm. I know he's not going to 
you know, put his body on the line like he did in New Japan. Uh, I think I read somewhere where it's like Nakamura is, he feels like he cemented his legacy in New Japan, but now he's kind of like, he, he's kind of just enjoying himself in the WWE. He's not going too hard. He's just, he's just doing just enough. He's, he's collecting the paycheck and he's just kind of just, he's put like in the gauntlet, he put on great matches, but it's not like the strong style. Like it's not Shinsuke the strong style, but he looked great though. But he, he looked, looked good. Great. Yeah. I just, so, man, I, I feel like they're missing the boat on him, man. Like dude, they're wasting so many years. How many years has been, he's been in the company now and he hasn't really done on the main roster. That is anything huge. You know, he hasn't really, yeah, he's won, he the won titles, title, but they're forgettable. But, right. Well, right. Who the, remembers that? Like he won the United States Championship twice, but like, do you really remember and care about that? He he was he was a, he had a long reign as IC champion, but was he memorable? No, no. He won the tag titles as Cesaro, which is a as a team they were great, but they should be singles acts. And man, Nakamura, like I know you you know the fucking WWE uh, lifers that they're like, oh well, he can't cut a promo. That's a character you don't need him to cut promos. Oh like I remember watching New Japan, right, and him. Him sitting like uh, they're interviewing him, and he's cutting the promo in Japan Japanese. And yeah, we didn't know what the fuck he was saying, but he felt so cool. Him yeah. just cutting promos in Japan, like you could do that in WWE, shoot it, and just have subtitles. Like he doesn't need to cut a promo in in English. Right, right. And he, his English isn't even that bad uh, either. I mean, like you can understand what he's saying. I mean, you know when he uh, when he says certain things. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I don't know, man. I, I hope and I pray that it goes somewhere and that they build him back up. Do I have the confidence that they will? No. But mm-hmm. they give you this glimmer of hope, and that glimmer right. of hope was this performance on SmackDown, and now having him facing Jey Uso next week gives you even more hope that it wasn't a one-and-done type of scenario because now he's, you know, trying to get some revenge on Roman and Uso. So I don't know, man. The only time will tell, and, and like you said, everything is – going to lead to the rumble we'll, we'll see what directions they go i i kind of like how we don't know usually by this time we kind of have a feeling like the dirt should right. come out and say like who, what the top wrestlemania matches are rumored to be and and who might be winning the rumble man i only got two names that come into mind and who can win the royal rumble and that's goldberg or daniel bryan i don't think anything i mean anybody else would be a, a surprise i mean no. edge maybe but i don't know if you know if if orton's not the champion i don't know if edge will win the royal rumble um so yeah i don't know i have dude i, I think I, i'm with you on that the i really don't have an idea if i had to take a wild guess on potential winners right now like if i had to call it right now mm-hmm. i'm thinking for the men's daniel bryan and for the women's maybe rhea ripley that's the only two yeah. people i can really think of i was thinking bianca belair maybe for the women if they want to you know keep pushing her but i feel like it's kind of too soon i mean it's too soon for them to start you know uh rocketing her up to the top you know right. i just feel like they're gonna start build her up a little bit more yeah man i don't know it's it's hey it's intriguing i like that though i like when we don't know because you know when it's predictable it's not really that that fun you know it's i'll it's, tell it's you just, what though, I like i'll this. tell you what if i was if i had the book right now if i had the book if i was writing for WWE, and listen i'm a shill and i have no problem saying <laughs> it but if i was if i had to be biased right now which i'm rarely ever biased but if i had to be biased right now AJ would have beat Drew for the WWE Championship oh. or whatever. Nakamura would have won the Rumble, and we would have gotten that match at Mania and done right. Do done it the right. right way. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to see five matches after the fact that ruined the whole entire thing to make me feel like I never want to see that match ever again. God. Right. They just, right. yeah, I completely just destroyed that. But, um, 
Yeah, listen, if we were booking a lot, a lot of things would be different than the way they are right now. So, oh, oh man. man. All right. We went long, but there's so much shit we had to cover. Uh, oh, yeah. Today. The it's the first episode of the new year. So why not start it off with a bang? Hopefully this year does get better because there's a it's a shit show out there, people. If you haven't been following the news, it's a fucking shit show. But Ryan, uh, give us your plugs and tell us what you're working on. Talk to me. Uh, the Wrestle Radar on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow on there. I've been posting some things. There's a lot of things have been happening. Uh, you know, I throw some things on the, the wrestling radar, um, Instagram, you know, just for shits and gigs, just cause I want to post something and I want to post it on my regular page. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan underscore Martirano is my personal pages on Twitter and Instagram. Also the Royal Ramble wrestling on, uh, Instagram. Shout out to my boy, Brian Sendek does a terrific job. Anything you need to know about wrestling similar to Lucha Outsiders page. There's, those are the two pages right there. Royal Ramble and Lucha Outsiders, man. I always know. That whenever something goes down in the wrestling world, there's gonna be something uploaded on there. And um, you know, like I said, follow that and uh, you know, wrestling radar on YouTube too, but no content on there. But uh subscribe anyway. Yeah, shout out to Brian, man. Let's go fucking Baltimore, man. We need to get this yes. fucking win. <laughs> yeah, two minutes. Yeah, your, your kickoff yeah. comes on. So all right, I don't know if Leo is there. So uh Leo, say something if you're there. I'm I don't here. know if he's there. You can but- <laughs> Um, you can find us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find me at Rated R says 87, even though I really don't post much wrestling stuff on there. Um, but yeah, if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, um, download the podcast, wherever you get your podcast needs, um, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, all that good stuff. And you can find us there also losradio.com. And that is it. And hopefully Leo's there to hit the button. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue. I'm like, is Leo there? Because it would be so awkward of signing <laughs> off with no music whatsoever. Like, Leo, is Leo there? <laughs> <laughs> also, you can follow Leo, the old man Leo, at Shokubuleo. Um, If you're into soccer stuff, make sure you uh, follow him on there. He posts nothing but soccer, all that good stuff. He also has a podcast there on the LosRadio.com uh, universe. There's a whole bunch of shows on there. Ryan, thank you so much for doing the show, brother. Oh, man, always, man. Oh, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Great first show. I, I'm honored to be the first guest of, of this new year. And uh, like I said, I hope to, be back. hope to be back soon. It's always great. No, no, no. Dude, you, 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 you'll be on rotation, bro. Don't worry. You'll be on rotation. Never, never worry, man. I always look forward to it, and I appreciate it, and I thank you. Oh, of course, bro. I I, uh, I said on the, on the final show of 2020, I'm like, bro, for a fucking – young kid you are so fucking mature and have such a great oh, mind dear. for the business dude i appreciate that man I, I really do like i said it's it's awesome to have friends like you to, to come on here and talk uh wrestling you know with and uh to have this type type of platform it's, it's awesome and what about the bro, mats you're, you're always here bro you're always welcome to be here i um, appreciate it so for ryan radar for the old man leo that's not really here right now somewhere in the background. I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Keep it Rated R and stay